Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, who, for the first time since Kerry joined this show last September, is not wearing a black and gold shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Probably, yeah. That's probably yeah. correct. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I, I played football at Matthews Diggy. They are black and, black gold. and gold. I played football at Hazel Central. They They're are black, and, black and, gold. and gold. And I played football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are black oh and gold. God. And you coach black and gold. And I coach for the back the, there you go. Kerry, you missed one. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I missed that one. On that are, the orange and blue. So see that one. And you can check it out on, on the YouTube machine, a CD, and go to YouTube. Just go to 101 ESPN STL. And Carrie today is wearing a, a red 101 ESPN Sports Talk for St. Louis t-shirt. So, Yeah. yeah. Proud of myself. Yeah, sport the colors. I'm proud of you too, man. This is broadening horizons, man. I'm just stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit, Randy. Yeah. Doesn't oh, happen too often. Well, Here we what go. What did you say, Rob? Same shirt, same, alert. same shirt alert. Here we same go. Same shirt alert. Oh, there we go. So now, if you're watching, you see Rock revealing. The one day you decide not to wear a black and gold shirt, yeah, yeah. I barely yeah. wear any Mizzou gear for this reason exactly, and then mm. this happens. I feel like I feel like Rock goes through his Joker shirt, and mm-hmm. then I'm thinking about another one that you wear a lot. I don't know. I, it, I feel like uh, there's. I like the 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 what's the. Go big or go home. What's the other one? That's my sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go medium or stay yeah, go in. Go medium and stay in sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like that one. That's yeah. good. So uh, anyway, CD and, uh, and Matthew, is you'll notice on the on the YouTube today, are wearing the same shirt. Uh, the, 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 Cute. I'm looking at it right now on the so, tube. Uh, okay, this is, and maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just bitter. Maybe, maybe <laughs> as BT would like to say, don't be bitter, be better. Okay. Uh, because uh, even though the Cardinals won last night, 6-4 over the Marlins, and the Marlins are a nice little team, and Skip Schumacher's doing a great job, but the Cardinals had a pregame press conference and then a postgame press conference, and I feel terrible about them. Uh, and, and you know what? This team's two games over 500 since starting 10-24. and 24. They're, they're, They're a winning team. Since starting ten and twenty four, yeah, I, I don't. Sun? I don't think you can. I don't think Sunshine, can. lollipops, oh. and rainbows. Everything Forget that's wonderful them. is what I feel when we're together. But here's the thing: they're a mess. They're a mess. And I told you guys right before the show started that I'm I'm not a clean house guy. But there is no rhyme or reason to what the St. Louis Cardinals are doing in terms of personnel <laughs> and building a program. And I don't get it because. They've been so good for so long, it's like they've lost their minds. And 
As somebody who watched Whitey Herzog build and sustain a franchise for a decade and then watched Tony La Russa and Walt Jockety build and sustain for a decade and a half, this disgusts me. It really is awful. It's intriguing. I mean, just the moves. We were talking about Genesis Cabrera being DFA. That was a surprise. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know. No, we don't know what's going on. And I think that that's the part where it's most uncomfortable. Because one thing you can say, you've known that the Cardinals were going to be this. They were going to do this. Mm-hmm. This is how they were going to show up. This is how they were going to be prepared. And right now, you don't know what you're looking at. Even even on the field, on the field, I, I don't know what I'm going to get. It's like well, you're generally the, the, the grab bag. Well, you're gonna you're probably gonna get one of those, but it's it's you don't know what you're gonna pull out of the bag. This team has been playing really well as of late. They which, are five of a seven. It's it's it, why? What has changed? What what? The only thing they that love I love each other, CD. That's the the only they thing that I other. could think is that they know it is a real. Possibility and Miles Michael has said it yesterday post game. He said we probably need to go win ten to twelve games so that some of our best friends are still here mm-hmm. in the future. So mm-hmm. so guys aren't leaving. They understand that if we don't play well, if we don't win ten to twelve games in his, in his words, guys are going to get traded. My my buddy that I I enjoy spending time with, playing cards with, talking crap with, is not going to be here mm-hmm. because we haven't played well enough, and and that's the only thing that I can think that has lit a fire in them at this point. Well, last night the Cardinals came away with a victory, didn't they? They sure did. Uh, a four three Cardinal lead as they played in the sixth inning. Dylan Carlson, by the way, had given the Cardinals the lead with an RBI single and brought Nolan Arenado to the plate. Smoke to right center. Arnado two for three on the night with those four RBIs. His OPS now up at 852. And as I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again, by Cardinal fans, he's the, their most underrated player right there with Goldschmidt. He's, he's underrated. As great as Nolan Arnado is, he is not regarded highly enough by the people who follow this team. Well, I mean, he's got 10 gold gloves. I know, but he's got. But people want to trade him. Oh, you talk. Oh, you, I don't you, you, believe people that. Here. Yeah. No, in, people in, do. I, I just don't. I feel like that was a little more hysteria taking over in oh. social media hysteria. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that was real. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I, you had people like, you know, photoshopping Nolan Arnato and <laughs> Yankees. Yankees yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is, come on. It happened. Sometimes social media doesn't let the rational minds have full control okay. of things. Okay. I don't know. Meanwhile, <laughs> an, another guy. Have you guys ever heard of this number three guy, uh, Dylan Carlson? Yeah, uh, he was a leadoff, leadoff hitter last mm-hmm. night. Two for four with three runs scored. He drove in a run. He he did have that walk to allow himself to score three runs. And things have been going pretty well for Dylan lately. I think just just as you mentioned, you know, we we're really trying to lock in on a game plan, and these, we've been facing some good arms lately. So you know, really being able to hone in on pitches that I can handle and that play into my strengths, and not expanding my zone just to you know make contact. So. Ultimately, I think just uh, keeping it simple and, you know, executing my plan. I'm pretty fired up about having a game plan. Do you mean having a game plan? Plan of attack as a hitter? Yeah, like the coaches tell you, okay, here's your plan of attack in this game. Whether it's 
offensive or defensive or pitching-wise. Having a plan of attack in CD as a head coach, as a, as a former player in the National Football League that won a Super Bowl, I'm guessing that, like Coach Mike Tomlin, probably had a game plan for you guys as you faced Arizona in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we did. We we, we had uh, we went over it over and over in practice all, both weeks. You know, we had two weeks of it, two weeks of preparation. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you do have a game plan. You do know how you want to attack people. And uh, then you adjust if that doesn't work. That That yeah. is is the key component. Yeah. You can actually adjust. <laughs> you don't have to stick. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think Brooke is about to declare here. I do declare. <laughs> you, can, you can actually change. <laughs> Mid-game, Brooke. You, <laughs> you can make adjustments even the, during the season, during a game, yeah. during the course of <laughs> We would go life. to the sideline if something wasn't working. We'd say, hey, we need to fix this and then go back the next season and potentially have it correct. Man, I forgot you could do that. Yeah, uh, clearly you're not the only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, before the game yesterday, John Mozeliak held an expansive media session. It took about a half hour. It was a, a, based upon the Cardinals, obviously, designating uh, Genesis Cabrera for assignment and then signing uh, Ryan Tapera as a free agent. Ryan Tapera has been around the block, you know. Uh, and so, once again, the Cardinals... Uh, remove a part of their roster so that they can fill in with another mid-30s reliever. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, how, did that, how did that go last night, by the way? Eh, not great. Oh, you didn't man. want to include that in your highlights? No. Oh, why? I believe, it, was, it was his debut I, if I, if with I'm the Cardinals. If I'm not mistaken, Brooke, he may have had to have been removed from the game. I'm just oh, um, I, oh. um, Not great. Uh, yeah, so he went, that's uh, why you avoided that, He did huh? go two-thirds of an inning, <laughs> and he did allow a run on a couple of hits, and he did throw 18 pitches, and only seven of them were strikes, and he did finish the night with a 7.71 earned run average. Otherwise, everything was great. Yeah, I, did, I, was, I was just surprised that wasn't in your highlights. Yeah, well... So, Not something you were interested in. It would have been nice if they would have had the excuse of of the catcher not knowing the pitcher's pitches. Uh, but they <laughs> didn't, didn't have that one because Yvonne Herrera was behind the plate. Meanwhile, the Cardinals have had a philosophical switch. They are adjusting. Okay? What so month is this? Here's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, what month are we in? We're we, we in July. We're after the All Star break. We got. Uh, oh. It, it just dawned on them. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's what you have to do this is called adjustment. So, you build a team based on pitching and defense. The pitching doesn't do what you expect it to do. The defense is bad. And so you decide, you know what? Look around. There's, there's 29 other teams in baseball, and they're collecting these these pitchers that are actually striking guys out. Do you, do you mean that, like, maybe the Cardinals were aware that banning the shift might have a ripple effect when you have a pitch-to-contact staff and a pitching philosophy that might not bode well with banning the shift? I I have a problem believing that to be true. Well, well, <laughs> I I don't and here's, here's why. I mean, I don't know. Like, like no one wants me to like talk about like, you know, yeah. bad luck or, or or you know, things should be better because we hit the ball hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that narrative sort of played itself out now. I mean, I do think that's a good skill when people hit the ball hard. Yeah. It's unfortunate I hit it at someone, but you know, net net, I don't think we're gonna like rethink our hitting. Yeah. Um, I think the, the the point is 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 like we do like the collection of hitters we have. 
because they, they do have a common theme and they hit the ball hard and often. Yes, that was John Mosey like the Cardinals Bobo. CD, you look bewildered. I'm confused. Right, so hitting the ball hard is, is a good thing? Good skill. But you don't want him to. So why did you send Jordan Walker down? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't at the press conference. <laughs> what the? I got. Uh, but here's the, here's the other thing. The Cardinals, when you look around baseball, you see all these strikeout pitchers. Okay, Cardinals are going to change their philosophy, and they're going to catch up here. More swing and miss More versus swing. ground ball type of thought um, will definitely be baked into future thinking. So as the Cardinals pursue, as Mo called it, pitching, 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 they're going to pursue strikeout pitchers. I said this earlier in the season, and. I didn't know that it was because of they didn't realize that you could no longer shift. I didn't. I didn't know that that was part of their <laughs> misunderstanding. I, I said it earlier in the season that the balls were hit in places that the Cardinals weren't. It was almost as if they were in in the new age shift out of position where where they should have been. It, it was it was weird because it happened a lot. There were a lot of ground balls. There have been a lot of ground balls hit in places where you would think that they should be picked up and thrown out. So. I guess that this is a, a, a mindset. If if you've been aligning wrong all season, why? What's today's date, Randy? Brooke, it's it is July eighteenth. Why in the hell did it take you to after the All Star break to realize? I saw it in the first three weeks. We saw people. Yeah. It, what, what what are we missing? Uh, we, we we've got more coming up on this here on one hundred and one ESPN. It's it's. It, it, it's frustrating. I was going to say mildly frustrating, but it's majorly frustrating. We should also note that the NBA Summer League Championship was played last night, and the Cleveland Cavaliers hammered the Houston Rockets Summer League team. 99-78, Isaiah Mobley was the MVP of the game with 28 points and 11 boards. So congratulations to the Cavs. They win the championship. I don't, I don't, I don't. Do they put Cle- a, Cleveland. They don't put a... Well, you know, I'm not celebrating that. (laughs) (laughs) I I figured that would be the case. Uh, It's the opening Uh, drive on 101 ESPN. You heard Mo a little bit, uh, a a long press conference yesterday. What are the big takeaways from his State of the Team address? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I think it really comes down to what is potentially you're able to trade for, right? When you when you ask the question, does that mean you're looking for like you know, really top end A ball talent, or, or are you hoping it's more double A or triple A? And you know, it's easy for me to say like, of course, we want it as close as possible, and, and hopefully, you know, competing and, and, and helping this club next year. But we also have to be realistic on what all this may look like. And. I assure you, like, we have a lot of things that we've been thinking about, looking at, studying, and not every possible deal we'll do will address that immediate need. That's Pobo Mo, John Mozalock yesterday with the media over at the ballpark. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and I, I want to start with this, guys, as he talks about making these moves. When you look back to John Mozalock's career starting in 2007, we're aware of the difficulty that they had with people like Rosarena, with Adolis Garcia, with Alcantara, with Gallon, with evaluating their own young players. I don't believe that the Cardinals have had to trade under John Mozeliak or have traded. And text us in uh, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. If you can think of a scenario, 
since 2007, where the Cardinals have traded a veteran player, specifically a, a well-known player, for a younger player. And the reason that I bring this up is because with the Cardinals, with our questions, legitimate ones, about their ability to evaluate their own young talent, do you guys have concerns about their ability to evaluate somebody else's young talent when you trade mm-hmm. a Montgomery and a Flaherty? Yes. I do. I have concerns about that. And I yeah. think rightfully so, because if you're looking at the pattern and the history of players that you are bringing in and you have concerns, how many of these young players we're talking about, you wonder if their development has been stunted. They go elsewhere and you see them succeed. And we're having that envious energy of like, wow, great. Why did the Cardinals just not see this potential here? Or is another team maximizing this potential? So those are very valid concerns because you could even say, okay, say that some of these guys that we've looked at at that all-star game, you know, you had Randy Rosarino, Dolis Garcia, would they have been able to Zach reach Gallen. Uh, Zach Gallen? Would they have been able to reach what they are able to do now if they were still within the Cardinals organization? That's a fair question that people have been having. And you should, whenever you see guys leave the organization and are really successful coming out of their shell more. Now, one question that Mo was asked yesterday after the DFAing of Genesis Cabrera and signing of Ryan Tapera was, if in the next two weeks the team's approach at the deadline could change? I would say probably not at this point. Um, You know, I think where we are and, and, and where we are in the standings it's going to make it very difficult to change that um, it's not to say that if we you know won eight straight you, you know you might take a pause in how you think about something but um, I would say from our standpoint on how we're thinking about using our energy and time right now it, it won't change okay that's good self-awareness because this team just isn't good so they might love each other a lot, but is he basically saying it's too little too late? Yes. Which, I mean, your record is what it is. So you have to agree with that. I understand that these guys do care about each other a lot. I've been in that clubhouse. They they really do like each other a lot. There's not many tensions. A lot of them get along really well. We saw at the big league impact event how much yeah. mm-hmm. those guys showed up for Adam Wainwright. They show up for each other. It has not translated on the field for whatever reason this season. And that could be a million different things in culmination. The pitching philosophy. Just the hitters not hitting at the right time and coming together as a group, or just all these things not connecting, not and then defensive woes. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know that rule that, that happened. Rule. You know <laughs> that, that change upon them that they were unaware of. <laughs> it just got there late, you know, because they had the World Baseball world Classic. The World Baseball Classic. Yeah. It took a little bit longer the for shift the rules. Was allowed yes, it was. Oh no my gosh, clock. we yeah. figured it out. Yep. yep, that's what it's been. I think the other thing is, and then. I've been on teams that were really good, and I've been on teams that were really bad. I, I, Part of me feels like this team felt like they were really good. And sometimes when you feel like you're a really good team, you don't have to put in as much. You, It's kind of that old philosophy, we'll just roll the ball out there and, and we're going to be better. And I think this team has so much talent. You've seen it. You've seen it in spurts. So much talent, especially in this lineup, that there may have been times where they just felt like, we're better than you. We're, we have more. We have better players than you, so we're going to win. And then you miss out on the fundamental aspects of the game. Kerry, is it beneficial? Because I've never been in a, a clubhouse as a player at that level. We talk about the players loving each other. Is it beneficial to have somebody that's a little bit abrasive that keeps everybody on edge? Yes. You, you <laughs> yes, the one person. I mean, you have to have a clear cut leader, it, and it's a it, you're in a room full of 
Alpha like, males. I, I, think, I think of James Harrison, but it wasn't James Harrison for us. It was James Ferry. Was he abrasive though? Ja- uh, oh, Debo, yeah. yeah okay. Debo, yeah. I mean, you, okay. you, you. So Debo was the type of person we call James Harrison Debo. Yeah, yeah. Like the movie character for Alpha Friday. Ferry. Yeah. Ja- no, James Harrison, Harrison was Debo. we call Debo. So we had a coach who came in who was a new coach to the to the organization, mm-hmm. and he came in with all this. Vigor. He was yelling and he was cussing people out and he was, you got to do this. What the F are you doing? Get up, And James tapped him on the shoulder. He said, hey, man, hey, we don't talk to each other like that here. The very next day, <laughs> that same coach, he had the same amount of enthusiasm, but the F-bombs weren't flying. There was no F-U and what See? the F are you? It was, hey, so guys, we. it was much more, it Leadership. was the energy, but it was not the same speaking. It was not the same tone. And so, yeah, you get a guy, and and if James Harrison taps you on the shoulder, <laughs> you, you you're going know, to you're gonna change. Yeah. You know, listen, so I, I think that's one of the elements that the Cardinals could utilize. Meanwhile, one of the other things that we've talked about a lot is, do you go after Montgomery and Flaherty and try to keep them? Mo, negotiating with any of your free agents? You know, I don't want to speculate on that. Um, obviously, it's not a long list to figure out who we'd be talking to and whatnot. But, you know, I think for our standpoint right now, it's going to be how we can improve and get more talented in the future. I do believe, if nothing else, the Cardinals should find out what Jordan Hicks wants. Exactly. They they should. They they you really should. Do not let a talent like that lead. It will bite you in the butt. He's he's way too talented. He he's throwing balls. He get three of those hits yesterday. Two of them oh, were man. were in the infield. Two broken bats. Yeah. Like he is, is that soft contact. <laughs> what more do you? He is sawing people off, and and the ball just finds a, an empty space in the infield. Like it, you have to a guy like that. You don't let walk out yeah. the door. Now one of the other parts of this is. We're talking about trading for young players, and the Cardinals, they they still want to compete. They still want people to buy tickets next year because people believe they, they want them to buy tickets based on the fact that they think the Cardinals can compete. So how far into the future are you looking when you get to these trades? Well, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, you know, we're not looking just for simply like A-ball depth. Um, you know, if we can find talent that we think can help um, emerge, in 2024, that'd be great. 2025, I wouldn't rule that out either, but 2026 seems a long way away. So that's at least good, I guess. Mm-hmm. That they're that's where the part where trading away Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt just goes out the window. Because to me, that sounds like we're going to make sure we're going to keep this core intact and we're going to supplement around it. But you're going to have a lot of people, me included, coming in that are saying, well. Isn't this a little too late? Why did we not prepare for this a little bit sooner? Say, I don't know, the off season where you knew that the rules were going to change going into the season. Right. The Cardinals priding themselves. How much have we talked about priding themselves on analytics on, you know, trying to go towards the new trends and changes that are being made. But you're behind the ball when it comes to a major change that you knew would affect your team this season. Everybody knew that, right? Everybody knew that things were going to change when you ban the shift. And we're seeing the ripple no, effect every, of that. everyone didn't. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. So now you're in a position where it's July 18th, and you're going to have to make some painful, painful trades that might even include a Dylan Carlson, which we haven't even touched on yet because of everything that happened mm-hmm. with that yesterday. He seems to be on the outside looking, and he had a fantastic 
fantastic game last night because you have such a log jam. You have Wilson Contreras not even catching, by the way. Yvonne Herrera has been great. I understand giving him opportunities, but I think we all know what's happening here, right? Yes. And, and I, so I it's no, a ripple effect. And there's a constant ripple effect. So now you're going to have to get rid of Dylan Carlson. You're going to have to change your entire pitching philosophy moving forward when you probably should have been doing that anyways because you knew these rules changes were coming. Oh, and by the way, I think everybody around the league realizes that swing and miss stuff is important and should be prioritized. And not only do the Cardinals want that in quality, but apparently they want it in quantity. Well, I definitely think we're going to treat the trading deadline as pitching, 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 right? You know, that's not to say we're going to ignore a position player that you know, may be like just uber great. And mm-hmm. so we have to be you know, cognizant of that. But I think the goal would be to address as much pitching as possible. And that makes sense. But they also have to fix the other problems that they have. Guys, I'm absolutely convinced that you're going to, if you trade Dylan Carlson to the Yankees, that with all due respect to Mike Trout, who's not what he was, and if if Aaron Judge is hurt, you could be looking at an American League outfield in the All-Star game of former Cardinals. Yeah, you really can. The Dylan Carlson situation is really interesting to me because he's on the outside looking in. They talked about yesterday, Moselock and Ali Marmol basically saying the starting outfield moving forward until the trade deadline, at least, will be Tyler O'Neill, left field, Lars Newtbar, center fielder, and Jordan Walker, right field. Wait, wait, wait. So... Wait, so that's we got like two days of this <laughs> coming up when they're back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Basically. This is like new bar in center field or Zach Thompson is in our bullpen. <laughs> so all of this stuff, right? But that's what I'm saying is that it's very confusing moving forward. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into these Dylan Carlson comments from last night. But he literally told some reporters, the TV cameras have already left, that he's hurt. He's hurt by this, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it, it's it, this is part of the business, and it, it is frustrating. I mean, you can only do what you can do. When you get your opportunity as a as a professional athlete, you have to make the most of it and not put yourself in a position where you're not an everyday player. You you can't afford to be injured. You can't afford to play poorly, especially when you have that many people in 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 a stacked position like that they sent Jordan Walker down to try to free up some of the space and and it's it didn't seem to work it doesn't seem yeah. like anything came out of that because no questions were really answered except for now Dylan Carlson may be on the outside looking in and then you hit on a good point when you're talking about um Wilson Contreras having to be the DH. Now you lose a spot in the lineup because you it's, got two catchers playing. You're, 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 you're not allowing guys to get on the field because you made a decision to pay a, pay a catcher to be a DH. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's your DH, and you got a DH in Nolan Gorman. So now you're trying to shuffle all of these people around and figure out who's going to play where, who's on first base. Like That's, what, that's where we are right now. It's, it's really a, a, just a confusing situation for this entire team and for this entire season. Just real quick, I want people to text in if they think that Dylan Carlson has had a fair enough shot this season, because that is something that was discussed at length with him last night after the post game is he brought up that he felt like sometimes there was inconsistent opportunities. CD, what did you say at the beginning of the season when there's not defined roles sometimes and guys are getting yanked around in so many different directions, it is hard to establish yourself. Yes, it is. It's very difficult to to get 
uh, continuity and to be comfortable when things aren't consistent. When you come to <laughs> yeah. the ballpark every day, I was thinking about this earlier, Randy Brooke. If we came to this show every day and it was just a, a, a we just picked out of a hat which role we would be. I would be behind the board. Now Rock is driving. <laughs> We're going to have a bad show. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about the board. Now, you could, probably, <laughs> you could probably teach great. me and I could probably learn, but I'm not going to be as good in that role as Rock is. So when you have people doing different roles every single day, there is not a familiarity, and for Dylan Carlson, like I said, when you have when you have injuries, when you got a stacked position where there are so many guys playing that same position, and you're not getting the opportunities, or you're not playing as well as you need to when you have those opportunities, you're not going to get as many opportunities as you would like. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Cardinals did DFA Henesis Cabrera yesterday, but did they again utilize him in a way that he was maximized? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I think the big thing, I don't think he loved the role he was in. And, uh, you know, ultimately I felt like um, as we were trying to get this to work, it just kept, you know, hitting some headwinds. So, you know, now he'll get that opportunity to do some more John Mozeliak on DFAing Henesis Cabrera. And congratulations to Henesis Cabrera, by the way. If you're a Cardinal player now, you just go to the general manager or the Pobo and say, hey, I really don't like my role. And you know the how to get out of town. That's that's the easy way yeah, out. Easy huh? way out. <laughs> and to be fair to the Cardinals, since his first full year with the Redbirds in 2020, the COVID year, Cabrera started that year. He was two had a 2.42 earned run average in 19 games. Then a 3.73 in 71 games. Last year a 4.63 in 39 games, and this year a 5.06. So his numbers have declined over the course of time with the Cardinals. Here's where I have an issue, though, guys. When Henesis Cabrera came to the Cardinals in the Tommy Pham trade, by the way, he was the centerpiece of the Tommy Pham trade. Mm -hmm. They talked about him becoming a starting pitcher. 
And he didn't like his role here. If you're the Cardinals and you've had the difficulty that you've had with starting pitching and you sent Zach Thompson down to get stretched out and Henesis Cabrera still has <laughs> options, why was Henesis Cabrera not used in Memphis as a starting pitcher in 2023? <laughs> Because they know more than you do, Randy, obviously. I'm I'm going with what I don't know. (laughs) They don't know him as a starter. I don't know him as a starter. I'm saying that maybe they think they know something. They may. Ah. I want to find out. I'm curious. I'm going to give you the the, the clear and cut answer. (laughs) Mm It's why. Because it was never the starting pitching. It was the catcher. Ah, okay. Okay. The starting pitching wasn't a problem. It was the catcher. Okay, and so now they move the catcher so, to DH, and they have another catcher. They have two more catchers that catch, and now they 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 they're starting. But now they want to get more pitching. So maybe it was the pitching. Here is an issue that is touchy, perhaps controversial. Okay, oh, I love those. <laughs> I love touchy and controversial. But why is it that Latin players can't make it with oh, the Cardinals? Oh, hey, dude, what, Randy? Johan Oviedo didn't get Randy, any better. Randy, Randy. Randy Rosarena was traded. Adolis Garcia was sold. Now Henesis Cabrera walks out the door. Uh, Aledmus Diaz is probably the guy that was given the best opportunity, but as soon as his performance fell off, he was out the door. Why is it that Latin players and the Cardinals spend a lot of money in the international market? And I, I don't know the answer to this. I hate to think the worst, but why is it that Latin players can't make it with the Cardinals? That is a great question. And by the way, that, this is this is past. Albert Pujols, he was in yes. Kansas City. He got drafted. And Yachty drafted out of Puerto Rico. But those, you have to go back to there. They are to the, five, two of the greatest years. Cardinals to play right. on the in this organization. Yeah, you have to go back 20 <laughs> so, years to find a successful <laughs> Latin player with the Cardinals. Unless you want to count those three or four years of Carlos Martinez. Uh, yeah, I guess you could. They gave him a couple of shots and he yeah. just kind of blundered that but I that's I think that that is a very fair question especially when you're spending that much money in the international market and it's not panning out in a lot of ways makes you wonder Kerry has an interesting look on his face what you I, take <laughs> the 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 notion of being a certain way if you want every player to fit in a box then you're going to go and get certain players that fit in that box. If you have guys that are outside of that box, that think differently, that move differently, that act differently, that are different people of different color, it, it, it that is the thing that makes a team a team. If I if I want one player and I just go through this cookie cutter cookie cutter process and get the same, then then you have a team that has nothing. They have no personality. They have no. no they don't have anything that allows them to succeed. For me, uh, to your point, why is that? I think it's because some of those Latin players, some of those players of color are have personality. They mm-hmm. they are different. They are not the cardinal way in, in the terms of what it's thought. And baseball is suffering because some people think it's boring. Some people mm-hmm. don't like to watch baseball. I enjoy when, a, when a, a, a hitter flips his bat and he stares at the pitcher because the pitcher threw inside and now he just hit the ball over the fence. Yeah, take that. I, I am an, am a person that, that that's, that's not the spirit of the game. That, that, the unwritten rules of baseball, who the hell cares? It's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be entertainment. And if you want players that have flair, that are exciting to watch, those are the plays. Some, more times than not, those Latin players have that energy, and that's the t- style of play that they play with. And then I think that the Cardinals have a very narrow 
road to travel if they want to find success because Arnado and Goldie and DeYoung and Edmund all fit that mold because they're productive and they they play within the con well they they live within the confines of what the Cardinals are looking at from a personality standpoint but you better be productive because Tyler O'Neill is injured and, and unproductive right now Brooke I know you want to touch on Dylan Carlson he's not as productive as they would like so it seems like the Cardinals could broaden their horizons to have more productive players, kind of like the Atlanta Braves do with Eddie Rosario in left and Ronald Acuna in right and Ozzy Albies in there at uh, at second base for them. It seems when you look at Wander Franco with the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, some of the other Latin players that they have succeeded with, inexpensive Latin players, I might add, Randy Rosarena being one of those, I would think that there are more horizons for the Cardinals to explore here to find themselves players that are successful if they're willing to accept the personality of which Kerry Davis speaks. I think the personalities matter. I think that you can still have the Cardinals way and maximize and let those personalities be free because we see how it pays off for players. If a player is able to do what has gotten gotten them to this point and have that flair, how, how, many, how much have we talked about missing that swag and just kind of you know, that swag out there on the field. You Sometimes people miss it with Harrison Bader. I know Lars mm-hmm. Newbar does it every once in a while, and I'll give him credit. And I think that's why he's a fan favorite for a lot of reasons, is because every once in a while has that flair. You see it from Wilson Contreras every once in a while, too. But it seems like there's sometimes, too, and if you kind of, you know, read between the lines with what some of the players are saying, where they feel like sometimes they can't be that way. In the Cardinals' way. Which, by the way, is interesting because... And you hear past well, players say that. And the manager is of Latin descent. Mm. Right? I think it's it's higher than the manager. Well, there you, there you. <laughs> And somebody does point out Gallegos, which is legit. Giovanni Gallegos has, yes. has lasted with the Cardinals. But he's very quiet, very reserved. To your point, Kerry, he, he doesn't really have that. And Cabrera did have more of that, that swag personality where after a strikeout, he was more animated. I, I have watched them pour water on Wilson Contreras' fire. I've seen, I mean, he is a guy that is passionate. He pumps up the crowd. He beats on his mm-hmm. chest when he throws a guy out. That's the well, what this is not baseball. This is not what we do. It's what he does. It's what this person does. It's about the personalities. And if I want to have all of the same people in my locker room, I'm not going to have a very good team. I need, as you said, guys that'll tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, we don't do that around mm-hmm. here. I need guys that are going to be willing to step up and say certain things or be a certain way. Have fun. Those are those are the things. And baseball is a long season. If you got a hundred, if you got 162 games and you got 25, 26 guys that are all the same person, it, it, you're, it's going to be a tough season for you. So Having having that mix of, of flair, personality, guys that put their hard hat on and just come to work, it's spaces for all of those people on a team. And one other quick point here. Uh, we get a text from the 314. It's a fan base. We live in a southern city. I would argue that Atlanta is kind of southern. And Very. <laughs> they're drawing pretty well, and they've got a team. I would argue that the card, uh, unless this city has changed dramatically, you had a team with swagger and fun in the 80s that had Terry Pendleton, had Ozzie Smith, had Vince Coleman, had Willie McGee, had Kurt 
Ford had Tony Pena, a, a team that had personality and had color and had diversity, and this team accepted it. As a matter of fact, Cardinal Nation came to be. The best fans in baseball came to be with that team in the mid-'80s. That's when we as a community became the best fans in baseball. It was with Ozzy, and it was with Vince, and it was with Willie, and it was with Terry, and it was with Tony, and it was with with Joaquin Andujar. That's the group that I fell in love with. Yeah. And so I I don't think that it comes down to that. I think it comes down to if you have players with personality and you're willing to accept players with personality and they succeed, then you've got it going. You you have to. I mean, you have to. And you have to have leaders that can keep everybody in check yep. and keep everybody in order. That That is what great teams have. Yep. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. And by the way, we'll, we're going to revisit this coming up uh, in our Rush Hour Reset at 9 o'clock. So if you'd like to drop us a, a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app, we would love to hear from you during the course of the day. And if you want to watch us, all you need to do is go to YouTube and go to 101 ESPN STL. We would love to have you tune in and, and join us on the show. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO! It's the opening drop. On 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in test 314 399 9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com. And start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. All right, time for Tioli on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, text 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Okay, guys, you got to put a little thought into this one, but... Uh, down in the Valley of the Sun, they have had 18 consecutive days of at least 110 degrees, and they're expecting at least nine more. So that would be 27 consecutive days or of 110 degrees or more. Take it or leave it, Stan Kroenke should move to the Valley of the Sun. <laughs> take it. It's very take specific. It is, well, take it or leave it, Stan has been visiting this entire time. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what's, and that's yeah, what that's causing, causing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> take, it uh, t- take it or leave it, he goes there to cool off. There you go. <laughs> Is that why I've never seen him at an Avs game? Because yes. he, it's too, it's too cool he'll melt him. the ice and that would cost him more money? Yeah. I don't know. That's Please, <laughs> Mr. Green Christmas. I'm going to take that one. Oh. Yeah, he's uh, kind of kind of devilish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A little bit. So I was just watching the, the board up there, the TV, and it said, take it or leave it. Oh, I might take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. The Ravens are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. I'm going to take that. I am. And I, I know losing Calais Campbell is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But man, they can fix defenses in Baltimore. They, They're amazing. The, they have been needing offensive power. They The running game obviously is lean, leans heavily on Lamar. But these receivers that they went out and got, I, I'm really – Zay Flowers for me. I know everyone is on OBJ. He's going, He's been spectacular in his career. But I really like this rookie Zay Flowers. I want to see how well – he does in his rookie season. Two best coaches in the National Football League are in the AFC North. I agree with that. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Okay. All right. Two of the longest tenured as well. Yep.
Take it or leave it. We we talked about yesterday about how Messi didn't want to face City SC, and it there was some. Messy. It, it did. It get it got very messy, <laughs> very very messy. Well, uh, the plot thickens because Cristiano Ronaldo uh, put out a statement yesterday saying he was talking to some reporters and he said the Saudi league is better than the MLS. Take it or leave it. He's just afraid of City SC. Take it. Take it. Take it. One hundred percent. Just go ahead and say that you're afraid you're, and you don't want to come over here. Yep. It's, that's it's that's that, what I believe. It's not that hard. It's it's. Hey, I don't mind MLS except for City. I don't want to face Roman Burke. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. I think, I, I, I think it's true. It's very very true. Also, I don't know the the drama between that. I've been reading more into the drama between Messi and Ronaldo, and it is messy. Yeah, so Messi didn't want to sign, right, Rocchio, with the Saudi League. They offered him, like, how much? Like, $500 million? Yeah, half a bill. His, uh, his, wife yeah. Really, his wife really didn't want him to sign there. And so then, of I course, you, as Mike. we know, Messi came over to enter Miami, and people were like, oh, they're terrible, which, they yeah, they're they not are. great. They're the, they're the worst team but in the league. he's allowed to do what he wants, and he sees the future more in MLS. And so Ronaldo's been asked a lot about this, and he has some feelings, because obviously he took the money, and he's in the Saudi League. Shocking. Take it or leave it. Messi will have the same effect on Miami that LeBron had when he came back to Cleveland. Remember, they had the first pick in the draft and they used it on, on Andrew Wiggins. Oh. And then they won the championship two, two years later. Um, I'm going to leave it. Only because I think basketball is, a. I mean, it's clearly more of a star-driven sport. One guy can alter, mm-hmm. can change so many more things than than a sport like soccer, football, baseball. I just think basketball is that one sport. If you got one of those guys, got you got guy. a chance. Yeah, right. All right, what do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Some odd positivity. Let's go with it. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals can sell at the deadline and still make an October push in this weak division <laughs> yeah. if they can get a few innings eaters in the process. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. How are you more positive than John Mosellock at this point? Serious, <laughs> like good point. How? Okay, point well taken. Uh, yeah, uh, but they theoretically that could happen. We've seen teams do that before, sell at the deadline, and then all of a sudden turn it on. But one thing that I want uh, th- that I'm going to do personally, we, we've got the old adage: don't believe anything you see in baseball in March or September, spring training, or in the last month of the season. I'm not going to believe anything I see from this team. If they go on a run, I'm not going to believe it just because they aren't going to be playing that different sport that everybody else plays that are, that's good in September. No, it, it's just too little too late yeah. at this point. Just a weird positivity. Take it or leave it. Ronaldo thinks live is better than PGA. I'll take it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to take that. Take I think you might get in trouble if he does if he says otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't they fix the rules so that because he won't marry his girlfriend, his longtime girlfriend, right? Ronaldo won't. Yeah, he won't. So they changed the rules basically where she's because you can't have your girlfriend. You have to be married to be able to live together. And so they basically have allowed him to let, and he still won't marry her. Who's allowing that? (laughs) Seems like a fun place to live. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So would, would, would would Ron even start for SC? Ronaldo? Yeah. And if not Klaus, not Ron. If Klaus is healthy. <laughs> you call yeah, him yeah. Ron. Klaus is healthy. Like, Klaus is healthy. <laughs> okay. Who the hell is Ron? Thank you. Ron. Yeah. Who's Ron? Yeah. That's a... Chris Ron. Oh, my goodness. Chris Ron. <laughs>
You and Chris Rons don't usually get along, Randy. Oh, <laughs> I, hope, I just hope that this gets back to him. Oh, well like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is true. Oh, man. Oh. Take it or leave it. After watching the documentary Quarterback on Netflix, it makes you dislike Pat Mahomes and his cocky nature. I haven't seen it, but there is nothing that will make me dislike Pat Mahomes. I, I said, I said last week, didn't I, see? Yeah. I said last week that it will make you love him more. I think it's really cool seeing. You know how much work he puts in. Why are you laughing at me? I, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm laughing at that clip that I, that I sent you guys during the match when oh, um, yeah. when uh, Ernie Johnson had asked him. He said uh, because. Kelsey and Mahomes were allowing whoever they were playing. It was Curry and Thompson to get back into yeah. the match. Yeah. And Ernie Johnson said, was this planned? And Mahomes says, Ernie, Ernie, I do great TV. It's what I <laughs> <Yes>. do. <laughs> you don't see me blowing anybody out. I do great TV. I think, if anything, I think it shows really all the work that he puts in. Yeah. And the more human side, like there's like a clip of him like yelling at his dog and you just see him doing like normal human things. Yeah. It's making me like Brittany a little bit more. Mm. His wife, Jackson. too. Uh, he makes he makes very small appearances. Okay. So far, the best description I've seen of the, of the, the documentary is that Kirk Cousins makes playing quarterback in the NFL seem like it would be worse than being a construction worker and Pat Mahomes <laughs> make it seem really? make it, and Pat Mahomes makes it seem like it's the coolest job in the world that's the, that's what I'm getting and, that, and, and, and you, I agree with you, 100% under, but Kirk, that the reason is the the amount of the stress yes. levels when you are a certain player the amount of stress you walk around with is is like Kirk's grind, like waking up and like like in like it's dark in Minnesota and he's like getting out of bed and he sounds like a construction worker like oh well time to go back to the grind and then Pat's just like out here just like like the glitz and glam is like a hundred percent of his life it's it's and crazy. Kirk had a good team last year so I, that would we allow have one you. texter here who thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl and is very angry at us for never oh, yeah, huh? that's that person without Dalvin God, Cook he is what without Dalvin Cook there is one texter who all right you got I, Alexander Madison up, right I know when I pull up. Uh, the text line every morning. I'll have a text from a guy who's just like, you guys do not respect Kirk Cousins. You're going to eat all your words when they oh win the Super Bowl. God. This guy is passionate yeah. about Kirk Cousins. Purple I guarantee you I'm getting a, we're getting a text in the next 15 you, seconds. You brought up Dalvin Cook. Running backs don't matter anymore. Haven't you seen that, CD? Oh, Brooke, don't Haven't you seen what that? Words what for a tease, Brooke. <laughs> 8-15 coming up on the opening 8-15, we're talking about that. Running backs don't matter anymore, apparently. Fighting words. Speaking of running backs not mattering, take it or leave it. Alabama misses the playoffs again. Um, I will leave that. I'll take it. I think we, Ooh, we're starting to see a uh, oh Georgia a shift in college football. Yes. You like that? You like that? Yeah, Kirk. You <laughs> like that? Yeah, I know it. Yeah. That's, that, All right. That'll get you fired up. <laughs> one more, Matthew. Uh, oh, he, he's got to find a good one. He's got to oh, find one that's oh, not controversial. Oh. No, no, this is a good one. Okay, take yeah. it or leave it. Dylan Carlson to the Yankees, and he eats that short porch up. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Take it. So, that's, so that's already the rumor. Flaherty. Here's what I heard. They're going to unretire number three for him. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, Randy, oh, I know. We know the Yankees. Long well. We know the Yankees need. They need outfield. They need starting pitching, and they need a catcher. If you give them Flaherty, Carlson. Kisner and Jordan Hicks, how could they not give you an injured Aaron Judge? <laughs> and Cabrera, I can, can give put, you a lot of reasons. Cabrera can be moved within seven, traded within give me seven days. One. I, I think it's really, you should see Yankees' Twitter oh. responding to 
possibly some Cardinals going to the Yankees. They're like, you mean we're going to get some players from like, you know, a team that's last and nobody wants? That's, I mean, Yankees Twitter is exploding about it. Over the last 20 years, the two most successful franchises during the regular season have been the Cardinals and the Yankees. The two most hated general managers in baseball are John Moselock and Brian Cashman (laughs) by their fan bases. Yeah. Yeah. Got something going for each other. They're for themselves. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up, Brooke has some notes about Dylan Carlson, about uh, getting him into the lineup and how the Cardinals really haven't. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Yeah, you know, DC played a good game today and... uh, you know, DC's not a complainer. He just shows up and works and uh, competes, and uh, that's why we love him. And, uh, you know, he just got to continue to do that. But uh, DC's a good baseball player, and uh, we love that he's here. But like I said, he uh, he just competes, man. He doesn't complain. You know, obviously everybody wants to play every day. And, you know, early in the season when he wasn't starting, he wasn't pouting. He just came to work every day, so you got to respect that. That's the Cardinal third baseman, Nolan Arnato on the heels of the Cardinals 6-4 win over Miami last night. Dylan Carlson, 2-4 for with a walk. He scored three runs at the top of the lineup. He's hitting two forty three now, and if he gets an opportunity, I'm convinced that he's going to be a good player. But the key, Brooke, is him getting an opportunity. That is very key, right, that he gets an opportunity. There's a lot of interesting things that happened yesterday. We talked about John Mosellock and what he talked about. He talked about pitching, which we touched on, but they also, him and Marmol, talked about the outfield and what it will look like moving forward, at least until they start moving some guys. So yesterday, Ollie Marmol said the starting outfield going forward until the trade deadline, at least, will be Tyler O'Neill, left field, Lars Newtbar, center fielder, and Jordan Walker, right field, at the end of the day, everyone's gotten an opportunity, and we can feel comfortable about that. Why are you laughing already? I haven't even gotten to it. Because you might be saying, wait a minute, where's Dylan Carlson in this situation? That's a fair question. Dylan Carlson, they'll figure out. Because guess what? You have a log jam right now because also Wilson Contreras is not obviously your everyday catcher. You have Yvonne Herrera catching more frequently now. So there's a log jam, and there's not many opportunities for, say, a Dylan Carlson. He made the most of his opportunity yesterday, and According to a report that also came out during the game, the Yankees are very interested in Dylan Carlson. So if you're reading between the lines here, right, if we're reading the tea leaves, doesn't that seem like Dylan Carlson is the one that might be on the way out here? So after the game last night, Dylan Carlson spoke to media members on camera, but then a few reporters stuck around. Brendan Schaefer of CamoV.com, John Denton of MLB.com were able to speak to him, both with articles speaking to him. And he basically expressed that he's hurt. He even kind of brought up, he was very fair. If you go read those quotes and articles, he was very fair in what he said. But he mentioned he felt like there's been some kind of inconsistency and in ways kind of been pushed around a lot, maybe yanked around a lot. And he's not the only player I think you could say that has gone through that. We can point to Zach Thompson. We can point to so many different players. The matter of the fact is that Carlson, he's been pretty decent, especially coming back from injury on June 9th. 842 OPS since coming back from his ankle injury on June 9th. His OPS for the season 
is 726, which is 21 points behind Lars Newbar, which I love Lars. But we if know. we're, but if we're <laughs> talking about numbers and 106 points ahead of Tyler O'Neill. Well, I, so I, if I'm, I'm saying if you're if you're giving people opportunities and maybe the situation is the Yankees don't see value in Tyler O'Neill. Fair. OK, I get that because we haven't seen him. And maybe this is when we're talking about painful trades. The Cardinals just see that Dylan Carlson's going to be able to get them more value of what they're looking for and what they need. But just hearing what they were saying yesterday, Carlson afterwards, Nolan Arenado afterwards, too. Carlson does bring value to this team. And I think he's going to be another one of those players that we see walk away or is traded away and is going to be fantastic elsewhere. It's going to happen. I'm done with Tyler O'Neill. Kerry, the floor is yours. <laughs> That, that's why I, that's why I guffawed a little bit. I'm, I'm just done. Uh, he will likely be our everyday left fielder. In other words, that would be the plan to have him out there. Well, okay, I, 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 I don't, I, okay. I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions on anybody. Okay, but that's stupid. Well, that's just that's ridiculous. I would only say that that is taking place to add to his trade value. That would be the only reason why, because teams want to see him healthy. They want to see him play. You got two weeks of it. So that just just look at it as uh, two he weeks. Will likely be our everyday yeah, left fielder. For, for, for two weeks. Nope, and that's not what he that. said. Listen to this. Weeks. CD, listen uh, to this. He will likely be our everyday left fielder. In other words, that would be the plan to have him out there. For two weeks. He just left the two weeks part out. Okay. So there's an interesting text okay. from the 573. Randy, can you help me understand the obsession with Newt Bar? Carlson is better in every aspect, and he is healthy. If you have both Carlson and Newt Bar, who are you taking? Which one do you prefer over the other? I would take Newt Bar only because this is kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us know. I, I would take him because of his durability. My preference would be to have both, actually. I w- Tyler O'Neill is going to be my odd man out here. It, is Carlson a better baseball player than, than Newt Bar, though? I would say that. I think he's a better fielder. Yes. I, I, I w- if I'm picking a center fielder among those two. I will probably go. I, I like Carlson's upside better. Dylan Carlson is your best center fielder. Yeah. Tommy Edmond, I would say, second best mm-hmm. center fielder after that. And it, and I'm sure that Newt Barr and some of the others can eventually get to that point. But I think defensively, when you're talking about your best defensive outfield, Dylan Carlson is going to be your best chance mm-hmm. in center. He's he, That's just what the way it's going to be. Dylan Carlson, he told uh, the reporters last night, too, when asking about you know, looking on the outside, he said, it's definitely tough. I feel like I can really help this team, but opportunities have been scattered and you know, it hurts, honestly, but I just try to do what I can to be ready for these guys and ultimately try to help us win as many games as possible. Guys, I just don't think this franchise, I don't get it. They've, well, they've lost their minds. I don't get it. Why, why does Dylan Carlson have to worry about playing time? Here, here's a quick question. So you're bringing up Tyler O'Neill, and I think that's very fair. He's been injured. I think and, he kind of quit on the team, basically. And and, and I think those are very fair he assumptions. He back he didn't, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. How long has he had well, it, though? About a week back. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to I was like, I was like, I knew it was coming, and I was hoping we would get past it. My question to you, Randy, is, so you're done with Tyler O'Neill? I'm done with him. Do you wish that they would have just DFA'd him like they did with Hennessy's Carrera, then? Or you think that, do you understand their point of trying to maybe try to get some more playing time for Tyler O'Neill to see if they can get some value out of him? I understand that, because you're out of the race. So you've cashed in, right? So, yes, try to get him 
to show anything so that people believe what they saw in September of 2021, yeah. so that they think that's him. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, that's not him. Tyler O'Neill is a guy that's sitting at home. Well, not sitting at home. He's working out. Uh, he's eating the right things. He's not having any sugar, not eating a hot dog, not drinking a beer. <laughs> he's got really not nice muscles. But he's he's a hamstring pull waiting to happen. And you, the guy's never going to play. He's He's got ability. Right, it's like expecting Sam Bradford to play all the time. Yeah, he's never going to play. He's his career high in games played is 138. Otherwise, he's never played more more than he's never played even 100 games in a, in a major league season. He's not an everyday player because he's hurt all the time. This, well, you this think is, they're holding on to 2021, Tyler yeah, O'Neill? Well, yeah. this is just a, I believe it's just a showcase to get him out there to show teams that he's healthy. I hope you're because right. Because the trade value for a top 10 MVP caliber player when healthy, you can trick. Anybody didn't believe in a lot of things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You see his talent. Oh, yeah, he's healthy. He had the back injury. He's good. He's good to go. And so now you can add, you can get more in return for him. I think I, I would hope that that's what this case is because Dylan Carlson has been hurt. He got hurt. He missed some time. I wish that hadn't happened because if he didn't get hurt, the you everybody else was hurt at that time so you would have been playing and it just it's just how things fall sometimes it's not fair it's not always right if you don't get injured if you're Dylan Carlson you probably don't lose that that position that center field position you don't have Tommy Edmond playing out there you don't have infielders in the outfield as as Ali said at one point it's just the part of the game that you have to stay healthy, you have to stay available, and when your opportunity is presented, you have to take be be able to make the most of it. So you just have to be unavailable for a long period of time, and you get your starting job immediately. This is my problem <laughs> is that, this is my problem. I understand that painful trades are going to happen, and I understand that D- Dylan Carlson probably will get you some value, some interest. Obviously, I mentioned that report with the Yankees, but what I'm looking at specifically is how many players have kind of basically mentioned how they've been yanked around the season. We talk about Dylan Carlson kind of mentioning that a little bit in what he said. You look at Zach Thompson. By the way, what is happening with Zach Thompson? John Mosellock talked about that yesterday. You know, I met with Zach. I'll, I'll share this with you yesterday. And, and we basically just told him, like, the remainder of the year, you're likely going to be used out of the bullpen or will be used out of the bullpen. And then I'll meet with you at the end of the season. Staff will meet with you and just decide how you want to prepare for next year. But, like, right now, just worry about that. So... He was in the bullpen. This is all one year, by the way. In the bullpen, and then starter. And the guy, and the left-hander, out of oh, the number one yes. left-hander out of the bullpen. And then then sent down to be stretched out as a starter, and now he's going to be in the bullpen again? Do you get what I'm saying about this is, in addition, I understand with Dylan Carlson, trades have to be made, things happen, it's business, I get that. But the point I'm making is the yanking around of players where these defined roles are not clear, where, of course, you're going to question if players are being maximized the most or you're getting the most value out of them and the most where you can say, yes, we gave them a full fair shot here and we we were able to really develop and evaluate them. I don't think this is good management. And by the way, back to your question about Tyler O'Neill, I think if this were the offseason, a reasonable franchise would non-tender him. Mm-hmm. But if you can get something for him now, all the better. But to this specific point, when Willie McGee came up in 1982, Whitey let him go through some lulls. He, w- he should have won Rookie of the Year, but he went through some lulls. Same with Vince Coleman in 85. Same with Terry Pendleton in 84. Even Tony, who was notoriously averse to young players. But he gave people like 
J.D. Drew an opportunity to play when he was healthy and would let or a guy like Matt Morris as a pitcher allowed him to, to go through the lulls. Baseball is a game of patience. I'll never forget Joe Torre telling me when he the, the Yankees let John Wetland walk away after they won the World Series in 1996. 1997, he starts with uh, Mariano Rivera as his closer, and Rivera blows like three of his first six saves, and he's down, and Torrey brings him into the office and says, look, you're my closer. You're the guy. And he remained the closer and then reeled off like 16 saves in a row and became Mariano Rivera. You have to be patient with young players. It doesn't happen overnight. And the Cardinals appear to have absolutely no patience with young players and letting them turn into what they can be. They they don't allow young players to marinate and become the best that they can be. Let them play. Just, you know what? Uh, my buddy Big Frank is listening right now. He always loved Whitey because Whitey would just, and ter- Kerry, you, you'll appreciate this. Whitey would turn out a lineup. Pretty much the same every day. Go back, fold his arms, let him play. <laughs> right? Just go let him play and let him get better. It's the only way they're going to get better. Yeah, especially now, right? Yes. If, if you aren't worried about winning now, and they aren't, let them play and let them get better. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know, you know. there's there's <laughs> another group of people that are tired of something. It's NFL running backs that are tired of their salaries. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Yesterday was the deadline for NFL players on the franchise tag to sign a long-term contract. Running back Saquon Barkley of the Giants, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys all failed to sign long-term extensions, so we'll have to play this year under the franchise tag. Barkley had said earlier, me getting tagged, was I upset about it? Nobody wants to get tagged. To sit here and say I was frustrated, I was mad, I was upset. What really got me upset was the stories that got leaked out, how misleading they were and how untruthful they were. I feel it was trying to paint a narrative of me, a picture of me that's not even true, not even close to being the truth. Running backs throughout the league are talking about the fact that they're the only position where their franchise number has gone down and their salaries have gone down. The last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth $10 million or more a season was Nick Chubb of the Browns 716 days ago. Derrick Henry saying, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can give all to their organizations. Just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Najee Harris tweeted, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. It's not a notion that you deserve less. It's just that it appears at this point to be, and I hate to say this because I love the position, I'm sitting right next to one of my favorite people, a running back, but the league has determined that it's an eminently replaceable position. One of the best running backs in the league is Dalvin Cook, who doesn't have a team now because he was cut by Minnesota because he costs too much money. It's a it's an unfortunate thing that's happening right now. Running back is, is in my opinion, and maybe I'm biased, clearly, uh, is one of the most vital positions on the field. It's the only position that blocks that catches and that runs. That's three parts of the of the offense that the running back has to take place in. And, and if you are a quarterback, if you are a, an offense, 
the 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 we talked to um Rand Carthon a couple of weeks ago and he talked about Gene Huey, our running back coach in Indianapolis. When we got to Indianapolis, there is a picture of YA Tittle on the board, bloodied on his knees when the, uh, when he got, you know, at the end of the game and he his first words to Rand and I were if number 18 ever looks like that, your ass is out of here. You're gone and I'm gone. Pass pro is the most important thing you will do here. I don't care if you can run the ball. I don't care if you can catch the ball. You you better be able to block for the quarterback. All of these all of these coaches are are, you know, the the running back position has become such a. a, a dispensable position where they're like, oh, we don't worry about it. You need guys that are going to be able to run the ball. You need guys that are going to be able to block. You need guys that are going to be able to catch. And so I'm looking at the numbers right now of of running backs and their salaries. And so I'm looking at uh, Miles Sanders right now making $6.35 million this year. Naeem Hines, Austin Eckler, a Pro Bowl running back, yep. making six point one two five. Do you know who Cedric Wilson is? Uh, Do you know who, who he plays for? Dolphins? There you go. What, what number receiver is he for the Dolphins? Third, fourth, fourth. Uh, he's making six million a year. Russell Gage. Do you know where he plays? Tennessee. Nah, Atlanta. Okay. He's making ten point ten million a year. Ooh. Do you know who Tim Patrick is? No. He play. <laughs> he plays for the Broncos. He's the third or fourth receiver. Okay, yeah. He's making eleven million dollars a year. So here you are, guys. You don't even know their names. You couldn't pick them out of it. No one is picking them on their fantasy board. No, no one is drafting them first, second, third round. These are guys that are not as valuable to their own teams, but you guys got guys that are extremely valuable, starting running backs in the NFL that are not making nearly as much money and doing much more work than a guy that is a third or fourth receiver on a team. Yeah, I I agree with you, especially, of course, I'm going to agree with you because I'm a huge fan of Derrick Henry, and I saw the value of what happened when he wasn't well, around and last history, season. I mean, yeah. whether it was Eddie George or Chris Eddie, Johnson. Oh, my God. Eddie George, I mean, watching Eddie George was incredible, and then to be able to have Derrick Henry is incredible, too. Do you think that with what we're seeing now is that they see more of the value in the quarterback, and they just think that running back is not even secondary? Or what do you think it is? Because you had in 2020, right, Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry were your last two running backs to really get that well-deserved payday for their numbers. And I was going to bring up McCaffrey because look at the way the fortunes of the Niners changed last year once they got him. It was huge. And these are great numbers for Saquon Barkley. When Barkley starts... Daniel Jones, their quarterback, has 44 touchdown passes and 17 interceptions. With Barkley not starting, Daniel Jones has 16 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. 44 to 17 with Barkley in the lineup, 16 and 17 without. And there's multiple things. See, uh, CD, you mentioned the blocking, but also being able to set up play action and yes. keeping the pass rush off of the quarterback. And, and we talk about Barkley. Barkley led their team in rushing. He was also tied for their lead in receptions, which means he's adding value in both fat, in two facets of the game, both catching and, re, and, and rushing. And so you you get a guy like that, and you don't want to give him his payday. You got Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing. They don't want to give him his payday. The the Raiders didn't even pick up his fifth-year option, not expecting him to even have as great of a season as he did. And all he did was go lead the damn league in rushing. So it, yeah. it's it's unfortunate. You saw Austin Eckler have a, have a spat with the Chargers in the offseason. He wanted to be traded because he's not being valued. And then the thing you saw, Matt Millen tweeted something out yesterday. Uh, Matt Miller tweeted out something yesterday. I just lost it. Here it is. He tweeted out steps uh, 
steps for a running back. One, draft a running back. Two, play the running back. If he's good, three, franchise the running back, and then, number one, draft a running back. There like, you go. That's yep. the, the mindset of yes. the, the, the front offices right now. And that is why a guy like Dalvin Cook can be cut because the Vikings thinks, oh, well, we got we have Alex Madison here. He's fine. Look how long, uh, your team. Look, I uh, look love how Alexander often, Madison. I he's not Dalvin Cook. No, he, he's not. He's not. <laughs> but look how that's the way. Uh, there wasn't a better running back in the league. I thought the closest thing to Marshall Falk since Marshall Falk was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And the Steelers were more than happy to take a hard line stance with him and let him walk. Yeah. And that's, if you're an owner, you want to save money. They're all billionaires and they're billionaires for a reason. And that's how they're doing it is because they're devaluing even people that are important. That is a look at NFL News and Notes here on 101 ESPN. Hey, did you know you can join Brooke on Thursday from 4 to 6 for Prestige Pools and Spas huge hot tub and swim pot tent sale? It's happening near the main event at the District in Chesterfield. Head to the tent sale to take advantage of the biggest discounts Prestige Pools and Spas has ever offered. It's Thursday with Brooke at the huge Prestige Pools and Spas tent sale in Chesterfield. And are you going to uh, like give us the, the royal, uh, are, are you going to show us the... The, the pool, the, uh, Vanna, oh, Vanna, Vanna White. Oh, yeah, Vanna like White's it. a touchy subject for me because, okay. uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's just in, 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 in college, I had somebody tell me that all I'll ever be is a Vanna White when oh, I was wanting oh, to get into broadcasting. Did you punch him? No, I should have, though. Yeah, yeah it would have been good. Yeah. yeah. And look at me now. Right. Here you are in sports Chatting. broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and with the opportunity, if you want, to show off a pool or a spa. I'm excited. I, I want to know. I, I might pick up a hot tub while I'm there. Who knows? Not a bad call. Coming up next, we've got the fight. We've got a guy going for the Hall of Fame. Eric, is that his name? Going yes. for the Hall of Fame in the fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our yes. fighter is going on his third attempt. This is like a today. heavyweight battle. It now. is. It is uh, his third attempt today. And Eric, are you uh, ready to take on Megamind for it's the ready. Hall of Fame? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, <laughs> here we go. You 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 have been very impressive. We will say after after talking after the couple yeah. of, a couple of the shows that you 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 were on, we were like this guy is pretty good. And you are an uh, engineer, soft, a software engineer. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. Here we very, go. Very, very studious. We're 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 gonna see if we can stump you today. All right. <laughs> Happy birthday to Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey played for three teams and went on to manage all three of them in his career. Which two franchises did he manage that he never played for? Is it the Yankees and Dodgers, the Braves and the Mets, or the Mets and Yankees? Braves and Dodgers. Who led the? Oh, oh. can you give can you give me that again? I'm gonna give oh, you the sorry. options. I'm gonna give you the yeah, options again. I, I totally messed up there. Yeah. Thank you. Yankees slash Dodgers, Braves slash Mets, Mets slash Yankees. Mets and Yankees. Thank you. Yep. Who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2022? Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, or Jamal Williams? 
Derrick Henry. Which AL team did Michaelis pitch for before the Cardinals? Is it the Seattle Mariners, the Houston Astros, or the Texas Rangers? I want to say it was the Rangers. There have been a few NHL players charged criminally for on-ice assaults. Which famous enforcer was charged with assault with a weapon in 2000? Dave Semenko, Marty McSorley, or Ty Dome? Dome Can I get those options one more time? Yeah. Dave Semenko, Marty McSorley, Ty Dome. I might mispronounce this, but uh, Marty... McSorley. Yeah. All right. All right. We will double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Eric, how you feel? Not too good at all, to be honest. No, not 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 as well but as you did the last couple of that. days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the uh, the last two days, I I kind of felt okay, some you know educated guesses. But uh, there are a few questions here I wasn't too comfortable with. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, Eric, I got bad news for you, and this is this is very bad news. Oh, this is the first time. I think that I can recall that Mr. Uh, Randy Carricker has brought in a Mountain Dew. Oh my God! Did he really? I, I, I have Did not. Really? I don't recall seeing show, Mountain show Dews at any point this year. He's he's fire. He's ready. John oh. Kioski, our general manager, <laughs> walked by and he had a scared look on his face. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. he's got a Mountain, he's got a mountain Dew in his hand and he's taking a sip. All right, Randy, say I hello. I can't say that I've seen that. I, 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 we were out of a uh, not exaggerating. No propel. <laughs> we were. Well, I've got plenty of propel. Just need to sharpen up here. <laughs> here we go. Wow. Ready okay. to say hello to Eric again. He reminder. Eric. He's going for his Hall of Fame uh, uh, opportunity here. Uh, Not that you needed to be reminded. Eric. Uh, good morning. <laughs> How you doing? Great to have you with us. Uh, doing well, Randy. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for playing. Good luck. You ready? Ready. Happy birthday to Joe Torre. Joe oh Torre played for three teams and went on to manage all three of them in his career. Yes. Which two franchises did he manage that he never played for? The Junkies and the Doyers. Uh, he did manage the Mets, played for them. Did manage the Braves, played for them. Did manage the Cardinals, played for them. One of my favorites. By the way, the reason that Joe Torre didn't become the Cardinal manager earlier than July 18th of 1990 is because they had a huge birthday blowout for his 50th birthday scheduled for Vegas. So, <laughs> so really? rather, rather than take the Cardinal job a little bit earlier, because Whitey, <laughs> yeah, Whitey, Whitey, Whitey had uh, resigned right before the All-Star break. Rather than take the job earlier, he thought, you know what, we'll just have my birthday blow out in Vegas. And then he took over the Cardinal job. Wow. Okay, what am I all time? I need to see, like, the tab for that Vegas. What what am I all, what am I, oh man, it must have been unbelievable. So, Whitey resigns, and I call Joe that night. And uh, I did not know Joe Torrey very well. He knew of me, but I didn't uh, we didn't know each other. He knew of me. Obviously, I knew of him. He was doing broadcasting for the Angels. And I call him up in his hotel, wherever the Angels are, and I said, hey, Joe White, he just retired. And he resigned. He said, you're kidding me. I said, no. And Dal Maxville, who was a friend of Joe, was the Cardinals general manager at the time. I said, are you interested in the job? He said, Randy, and he's got a great voice. He said, Randy, this is completely off the record, right? I said, yes. He said, you just say a close, very uh, source, very close to Joe Torrey says he'd be really interested in the job. <laughs> so I went with it, and uh, Joe wound up getting the job. That's awesome. That's a great story. Joe is one of my top five or six all-time people in sports. I love Joe Torrey. That's very cool. All right, question number two. 
Who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2022? This would be last season. Yes. This would be... <laughs> See? This, this would be a really good fantasy football player, wouldn't it? Jamal Williams of the Lions, I believe, was the guy. And I think he had 17. Very good. All right. Which AL team did Michaelis pitch for before the Cardinals? Uh, the Texas Rangers. That was before he went to Japan, too. And after he went to San Diego. But, oh, yeah. There have been a few NHL. (laughs) Sorry, I just realized we just need to keep going. No, I was going to, I just was going to keep talking. Then I was like, no, I can't. I don't want want him to like change answers or anything. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, There there have been a few NHL players charged criminally for on ice assaults. Which famous enforcer was charged with assault with a weapon in 2000? I, I I guess it's Todd Bertuzzi when he mauled Steve Moore of of the Avalanche. I'm going to go with Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, that was an unpleasant incident for many. However, I could see myself having done it if I was ever a hockey player. <laughs> Violent? A little bit? A little bit. <laughs> well, Eric took two... Rounds back to back to the tiebreaker, and he won them. There will be no tiebreaker today, but will there be a Hall of Famer? Did Eric take down Megamind two out of the three times, or did Megamind go full Todd Bertuzzi on this one? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Eric. Randy took you down three to two in today's fight. Uh, that's okay. It was a lot of fun. Very close, very well done. Again, your performance yesterday, we got all four right, and then we're three off on a a very uh, odd tiebreaker. That was very impressive, Eric. But let's go through those answers today. Good job. Happy birthday to Joe Torre, (laughs) who started managing the Cardinals on what is the exact date again, Randy? Uh, It was... uh, well, his birthday, yeah, right after. So it was the 19th, okay, July 19th. Yeah. Joe Torrey played for three teams and went on to manage all three of them. Those were the Cardinals, the Braves, and the Mets. He then went on to manage also the Yankees and the Dodgers. Who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns in 2022? It was, in fact, Jamal Williams with 17. Which AL team did Michaelis pitch for before the Cardinals? Texas Rangers. Of course, everyone knows the uh, Lizard story from his San Diego Padres. And that's what I was going to I was about to say. Yes. And then, and then I, and I, I, I felt it. I and, knew you were going to say And then it. I was like, uh, you, if you saw on YouTube, you could go back and see. And I just like literally like my brain was like, like configuring it because I knew that people would text him like you're giving away the answer <laughs> you're gonna make him change it I knew it was coming so I just I quit talking and then this final one uh, Randy you weren't, you weren't off just by a couple years there have been a few NHL players charged criminally for on ice assaults which famous enforcer was charged with assault with a weapon in 2000 Todd Bertuzzi went after Steve Moore in 2004 it was actually when Marty McSorley took his stick and put it up aside Donald yeah. Brashear's 
head. Oh, and Richard deserved it. Gave him a grade three <laughs> yeah. concussion, and he was later charged with assault with deadly uh, with a weapon. He was on probation for eighteen months and fined a considerable amount. He was, of course, going after Bashir after Bashir uh, beat him in a fight, and then um, kind of stood over him and, and wiped his hands McSorley on the back end of his career. He was not too happy about that, and he went after Bashir and made it well known. So Randy Carricker today gets a three-two win in the fight. Eric, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show over the last three shows. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Win, 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 win. Don't stop believing. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm kind of a big deal. So humble. <laughs> so humble right now. Well, Wait, but Eric was fantastic. Because I go home and work, 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 work. <laughs> That's what. That's that's what. Uh, I, I, I looked up a couple of those hits: the Marty McSorley one and the um, Bertuzzi one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are pretty good. Yeah. Hey, no. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. You got any more left in the tank? Oh, oh does he? Uh, got plenty. Guess what day it is? Hey, buddy, we're here. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Over the pool. In the air left field. And Pools has given St. Louis the lead. Go have a glass of scotch and chill out a little bit. Yeah, we get a lot of stuff. <laughs> I cannot. I love the Shirley quote. Is that from, uh, is that from Airplane? Airplane? Yep. I love The Cardinals win. We are back, baby. We are back. Yes, we, we are back. I wish I knew how to quit you. There we go. Oh, That's wow. There we go. That's the perfect one. By the way. That's you, the one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. With yeah. your Mountain Dew bottle over there. If you want to uh, if you want to participate tomorrow. Get your popcorn ready. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Frivolity. Okay, here's what we got coming up next on 101 ESPN. Uh, we've got a bird watch for you. That's uh, The Cardinals won last night. We were getting away from bird droppings. We've won five of seven. We're back to we. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. So, Playing by the way, well. uh, because of what Eric had accomplished over the course of the last couple of days, one against Kerry, one against me, I had actually gotten a new pad of paper what? for four tiebreakers. Oh, yep. my gosh. Yep, yep. Didn't have to use it today, though. Uh, so the bird watch <laughs> is coming up. Mike Claiborne's going to join us. Uh, we want your mic drops, too, on this whole cardinal <sighs> dilemma. It's it's not a dilemma. It's not a kerfuffle. Okay. It's not a brouhaha. It's a disaster. It's oh. a blank show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll do those at 9 o'clock. But the, the bird watch is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. It is time for the Bird Watch here on 101 ESPN, and that means we get little chirping noises from Cardinals. All right, Brooke Grimsley, what do you got? Cardinals fan. Cardinals fan? Oh. So... My bird watch is actually Tyler O'Neill watch. We are officially on Tyler O'Neill return watch. Hmm. What's, what's, what was he out for, Brooke? 
Do you know what he was? I think he had a, a, a back injury. How long, how long did he have that? Yeah, it was about a week back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we already did it. What was it, two, three times today? Yeah, uh-huh, yep. Doesn't, oh never gets old either. Gosh. You guys are right. It's oh, been it's been more than just a week back. It's been several weeks that he's yeah, been gone. Several, uh, weeks. several weeks. So the Cardinals are expected to make a roster move before today's game. So it'll be interesting to see. That's what we were discussing during the break is what moves do you think that they will make when Tyler O'Neill returns? Because he's expected to return tonight. Um, he hasn't appeared in a game since May 5th. That's where I was talking about, where we haven't mm-hmm. seen him in a very, very long time. It's been a slow progression back. He went 6 of 26 in eight games on a rehab assignment for Memphis with one extra base hit and a double. But he did tell reporters yesterday that he feels like he's in a really good mindset and feels good physically right now. Well, uh, Brooke, we've got a convenient move for you here because okay. we have a bullpen guy that's pitched in two games, has a record of 0-1 with an earned run average of 27 <laughs> and a whip of six. That's walks and hits per innings pitched of six. That's six base runners per inning mm. on the average. Oh, okay. The young man's name is Kyle Leahy, and I really like him. Looks like a swell fella. Uh, he's <laughs> from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and uh, That's where Mosaic's from, right? Exactly. So that might give him a little hometown discount. But I'm thinking <laughs> that Kyle Leahy would be a great guy to place on waivers with the purpose of bringing him back as somebody you could outright to Memphis, because I can't imagine that there's going to be many teams out there. They're going to say, you know what, Kyle Leahy, 25 years old, earned run average of 27. We're going to pick that guy up and put him on our major league roster. So I would say Kyle Leahy would be the guy. The other possibility might be uh, and by the way, James Neal, who always seems to be their 27th guy for he's a doubleheader, got to have him. He's for the, the journeyman yeah, this he, year. Yeah, he kind of is. The other one I would think that could be a possibility would, uh, I, I don't know how bad Woodford's injury is, but th- there might be another guy that you could put on the 60-day DL. Yeah. So, but uh, my guess would, well, my move would be, if I were in charge, Kyle Leahy, number 64, Ot. I, I honestly forgot he was around. I know. Well, that's the other thing. It. You DFA this guy and then give uh, Zach Thompson a ch- chance to pitch. Mm. He, he, well, it's only going to be a couple weeks, in my opinion. For Tyler O'Neill. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Trade deadline. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're trying to get him, get his value up, mm-hmm. get some, some interest sparked around the, uh, the old Major League Baseball community. Like and that's like how it. they get Trace Barrera back up here, right? Uh, four catchers. Yeah, four catchers. Right, I'm yes. all, and now, now you're speaking. If we let's just do it. Let's go, <laughs> Taylor. Modern, let's go, baby. Of what everyone expects us to do. We already are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, real quick. Somebody, somebody on the tube. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube, everybody. Somebody on the tube said Tyler O'Neill is like the ex girlfriend that you keep going back to. It's not a great experience, and everyone knows it won't last. Wow. Unfortunate. At least you'll have, fun. you'll have some <laughs> you'll have some fun for the next yeah. few weeks. Yeah. It'll be it'll be toxic and interesting, yeah, but you right. know. No, <laughs> and just like your imaginary girlfriend who's from Canada, she doesn't exist. No. Oh, oh, come on. Come on. What did okay. what did he do to you? He, he I'm just saying have you, have you seen Tyler O'Neill in physical form in the last oh, month? Man. I didn't come think on. so. No, you're talking about did you watch that documentary, by I the way? Uh, but Matt Titeo hasn't done anything to anyone in the world. It's actually Manti. really sad. That was that was a joke. It wasn't after Manti. It was it was a general I gave you know, the Lenake a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy jumped on that one. <laughs> <laughs> she was from, I don't think she was from Canada. Oh, 
she was from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't she exist. Didn't exist. <laughs> he. Oh, hey, it was a he. By the way, did you know that, That's like, the, he you was, have to watch the documentary because it's actually really it. sad. He would fall asleep with, his, uh, with the phone light open, like, listening to. Uh, I feel so bad for him because the, the man, or the I think, identifies as a woman now. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, really, really put him through the ringer. Yeah. You, you feel bad for him after that. Yeah. No, he went okay. on TV saying his girlfriend, it was bad. It was, it was very, really, yeah. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> My bird watch is actually not on the field. I don't have any any players that I am interested in. My birdie went up into the front office, and it is sitting on John Mozeliak's desk. Mm. It is trying to peer in to figure out what this Cardinals team, what direction are we going? You have a, a Pobo who was, was signed to two more years after this year. So we're going to be looking at what he's able to do. What type of legacy does John Mozeliak want to leave out on? And I, I, I know, you know, guys that, that have had those positions that we talk about ego a lot. And sometimes we think of it in a bad way, in a bad way or, or as a bad term, having a big ego in this position is not always a bad thing. And I think when you have an ego, when you have a, a, a mindset that you want to be great and you want to end your career on a high note, I, I hope that that's what John Mosellock feels. I hope that that's what he thinks he can do and what he will do. And it's going to be intriguing to see how this trade deadline Falls. Who do they move? Who do they bring in? What do they do in free agency? How much is he going to be allowed to to spend in free agency to go get the starting pitcher, the number one, the ace? What are they going to do? Who are they going to move to go try to get their number two, their number three pitchers in in trade during during the trade deadline, or is it in free agency? I think that's the most important thing for this Cardinals team for the rest of this season and for 2024, 2025. Uh, guys, when Tyler O'Neill gets traded or placed back on the IL, <laughs> which, which one which, comes first? <laughs> probably the IL. Oh, uh, I want to see Moises Gomez here in a Cardinal uniform. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 780 OPS down to AAA, 21 homers, 54 RBIs after all of those home runs last year. Oh, by the way, uh, Juan Yepes, kind of scuffling. He's uh, hitting 197 at AAA this year with a 614 OPS, four homers, 22 RBIs. So Juan may I feel have bad for these yeah, guys. Yeah, I do too. Because it's not a talent thing. It, it has truly become mental. It, it's like. Um, just just the, the, the mental part of going back and forth and what you are, who you are, where you are, how does this organi- organization see you, where do you fit, what's your role, and a lot of these guys do not have a clue. Right. There are only a few guys on this roster, on the, on the active roster right now, that have a clue as to who they are and what they're doing. And those guys going down back and forth to Memphis are like, what the hell is this? Yeah. So it might be better for Moises Gomez to get the at-bats down at Memphis. But I just want to see him here. He's only 24 years old, hits a bunch of bombs. He now, is, he's only 24. He's like massive. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a guy that we, we should see. So when Tyler O'Neill gets hurt or gets traded, uh, I want to see Moises here. Yeah. He's not as massive as Tyler. He's, uh, he's Moises is, he is bigger. Tyler, here's like the thing. Tyler's very compact. Yeah. Uh, he's, how much do you think he weighs? Tyler Who? O'Neal? Yeah, and it's all muscle, by the way. 198, oh. 195. Really? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, two hundred five. He, he is listed. I'll say two ten. At two hundred, he's listed yeah, at five eleven and two hundred ninety eight. And Gomez is listed at <laughs> five eleven and two hundred. I'm I, really. Is this Why a did weird I? He looks bigger in photos that I have. I can look at a person and and I mean just from football. Mm-hmm. He's about five eleven, one eighty eight. Look at Baker's <laughs> massive. So, like, do you ever sit in an airport and say, "Okay, like five six three hundred? <laughs> my my my, it doesn't work that way. Okay, <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta be the okay. football. Yeah. Got five, football. Six, okay, what that. position is Moises Gomez playing? Look, show him the picture because he's bigger than what is. Numbers he looks like he's about two two twenty five two thirty. What position yeah. in football? Yeah, uh, running back, linebacker. Okay. Yep. I know. A person that used to just go sit on park benches and guess people's weights. Uh, that doesn't sound I, I, normal. I, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Okay. I, 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 I got a kick out of it. Uh, that's the Birdwatch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we want some of your mic drops talking about this Cardinals situation. We'll call it a situation. I w- I'm not going to go so far as to. Okay. It's a disaster. Uh, but if, if you'd like to weigh in on it with your mic drops and your texts, uh, and that text number, if you don't have it, Saved in your phone is 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Uh, we want to hear from you about the Cardinals next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Notable quote here. At 9.05, time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker on the YouTube at 101 ESPN STL. You're tuned to 101 ESPN Radio. You can still listen on the app, by the way, the 101 ESPN app. And you can also use that app if you would like to speak to us with a mic drop. We've got that mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app. But an interesting quote here from Nolan Arnato to Lynn Worthy at stltoday.com. Arnato said, in regards to Mosellock saying that everything we're doing is geared towards 2024. Arnado says, I don't think about next year. I think that's a terrible strategy. I ain't got time for thinking about next year. I've got to think about now and what I need to get done and try to help this team win. I like the compartmentalization of a player like that, that is living day to day and is worried about today and being the best that he can be today. It's management's job to worry about next year and the year after and five years down the road. Players' jobs is to get better today. So I really do admire Nolan Arenado for not tanking the rest of the season and wanting to be the best player that he can be. Well, and I hope that he wouldn't, right? Like, that would be kind of crazy if he was, if he was like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go ahead and he's just... He's got his money. He could shut her down. And, but you know. he's, he's super competitive. Right. And I like seeing that fieriness from him. We talk about that you wonder if that's missing in the clubhouse. I wonder if he's doing that same thing, not just to reporters, but in the clubhouse as well, because that's something that would get me mm-hmm. fired up yeah. to have somebody speaking in that way, because... I get it. You, there's no way that you're just going to tank the rest of the season. And I'm sure what I would love to know what those conversations were like that management and the front office had with the players. I would love to know what that was like, because the players, though, they're fully aware of the situation they're in. I know that you hope that maybe you can go on a nice, you know, long win streak. 17 game winning streak. Uh, I. Hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know if. Not I this don't year. know. No, yeah, not, not this not year. This year. Hey, we do appreciate your mic drops. So let's get to Neil, who joins us here on 101 ESPN. I'm concerned that Mo might be missing the boat right now. After Flaherty's fine outing the other night, his stock is never going to be this high again for the Cardinals. He's not coming back next year. We're all pretty certain of that. Now is the time to deal him when the uh, when the market is high. He should be able to get a fairly uh, accomplished relief pitcher for the back end of the rotation for him at this point in the year. And Neil, I would add to that, don't put yourself in a situation where you're gambling with Jack Flaherty's health because Jack has gotten hurt in the past. The sooner you can move Jack Flaherty, who this month, by the way, is 3-0 and with a 1.45 ERA, uh, <laughs> the, the, the sooner you can move that piece of property, you hate to say it's a piece of property, but in baseball terms, in athletic terms, it is, the the better. So I, I would agree with you. Move on from Jack Flaherty because he's not going to be back. I don't think the card. I think it's pretty clear the Cardinals are not going to pay him. Yeah, I mean, if you can get it done, and like you said, before he gets, I mean, I think you might want to get him one more start. Hopefully it's one of those great starts that you've been wanting all season, and then that, that just brings his value up a little bit more. And you're going to move on because he's not under contract for next year and you don't want to lose him in free agency for nothing so the Cardinals are probably looking to move him it just depends on what they get in return and and you heard Mo say it earlier is it an A ball player is it a a double A triple A what are we getting in return for these players I said this all along I don't think you get major league players in return for especially if you're looking for pitching Mm -hmm. they have enough at all of the position players I don't think you're going to get another pitcher in return for a pitcher because the that that's what that team obviously needs, and and you need that as well. So you're looking at prospects as opposed to major league ready guys right now. Well, and he kind of touched on that a little bit with the clip that we played earlier about when they're looking and they're rebuilding. They they're going to have to acquire during the trade deadline, off season as well, and free agency. And he acknowledged that. But he, when it, it came to evaluating some of the young talent they're looking at and bringing in possibly with some of these trades, he mentioned that. Basically, for 2024, 2025 is when he's seeing these players would be able to fit into the equation. He said 2026 is too far away. Yeah, They're wanting results sooner rather than later with some of the young talent they're looking to What's bring in. What's the last year of Moe's contract? Um, 2025. That's yeah. convenient. That is. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it is very frustrating and interesting because even if you if you look at the stuff with Dylan Carlson and maybe this is just trade bait with him with the Yankees and the report that possibly they're interested in him and you might get a lot in return but it's interesting to see how much things have changed changed where he's not a part of the Juan Soto talks Mm -hmm. and I know they wanted way more than Dylan Carlson we all are fully aware of that now but remember John Moselec told him don't worry, you're not going to be a part of a trade. Like, you're fine, just go out there and play. To this season, Dylan Carlson saying last night that there hasn't been any dialogue between him and the team. Let's get to another mic drop from Chris here on 101 ESPN. So we're desperate for pitching, and we DFA a pretty good pitcher. Uh, I would argue that his ERA just got blown up by one one bad game. Um, But I, I have no idea what this team's doing anymore. It's just ludicrous. Well, it's amazing to me. And I mentioned to you guys off the air earlier, everything since Helsley's blow up against Philadelphia in game one last year has been like the Cardinals have fallen off a cliff. I would I just, say uh, even it, further than that. I would say even further than that. I think that Mike Schilt, the way that things ended with that, 
we're seeing the ripple effect. Having Losing somebody in your organization who has been a part of your organization for nearly 20 years, losing that piece, I think, has a lot to do with it. Losing Skip has a lot to do with yep. it. Losing Matt Holiday has a lot to do with it. I think that there's we're seeing the ripple effect of so many different things to the point where it's like a tidal wave coming in. It's it's not good at all. By the way, there have been uh, – I, I think I know what uh, Chris is talking about, that third of an inning against the Dodgers where Cabrera allowed the three earned runs. Yeah. That's probably – and by the way, that day his ERA went from 3.99 to 5.78. So that that's a good point. Let's get one more quick one from David here on 101 ESPN. The next couple of weeks simply have to be a showcase for Tyler O'Neill to show teams he's healthy. I cannot envision the Cardinals actually trading Dylan Carlson because we don't have enough players in the minors that are going to contribute over the next two years in the outfield that that are going to make a difference more so than Dylan Carlson. Now, this won't happen, but one of my favorite lines ever came from Whitey Herzog, who said, patience is a virtue, virtue, but patience will also get you fired. Mm. Now, it won't here, but how can you still be patient with Tyler O'Neill? How can you be patient with this guy? I, I, again, I, I'm going to look at it from a different set of lenses and just say that this is his, as, as who was it, David or Chris, just said that this was his, um, this yeah, is his, 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 his tryout, his opportunity to show that he's healthy and show other organizations that he can play at a high level because the Cardinals are, by all accounts, done with the Tyler O'Neill uh, experience. I, I think they've seen enough. They've had enough of it. They, they know what his potential is. But potential, again, is a dangerous word when people don't show it consistently. And by the way, we should mention that it sure appears, at least to these eyes, that Ali and Tyler are not on the same page. We saw that in game five of the season. No. It doesn't seem like there should be a good reason for Tyler O'Neill to have a future in St. Louis beyond the next two weeks. They weren't on the same page when Tyler O'Neill even went to go play for Team Canada right. in the World Baseball Classic. That's And even before that, even before that with Ollie and the World Baseball Classic, him going to... Remember, they were upset about certain players because they wanted to make sure they got more than just a sample size. Palante. And Yeah, Palante as well. They were upset with certain players who went to the World Baseball Classic. Tyler being one of them, Palante... And then you even go further back. Arbitration between Tyler O'Neill and the Cardinals over the past few years has not gone well. And he's been very vocal about that. More opportunities to hear from you coming up at 945 here on 101 ESPN. But coming up, Cardinal Broadcaster. He's been busy with the play-by-play of late. And, of course, he's got the website, ClavesOnline.com. It's time for our Tuesday visit with Mike Claiborne here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, go to your computer and uh, type in in the subject line, clavesonline.com. Go to Mike Claiborne's great website, tons of great content all the time. And, of course, you can hear Mike Claiborne on Cardinal Broadcasts with John Rooney on vacation. He's been doing the play-by-play. And you can hear him here Tuesdays with us here on 101 ESPN. Claves, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Just uh Hoping to get another win today. Hopefully. How have you enjoyed the play-by-play? Oh, I always enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've had a chance to do it for a while now. And uh, working with Ricky and John and before those guys, Mike Shannon, uh, it, it's been a blast. It's been a lot of fun. It, it's even more fun when you win. Though. Yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah, it, you, you you sound better. At least you feel better <laughs> uh, because when you suck, like sometimes it happens. You just like, Ugh, that didn't come out right. So, yeah, it, uh, but we've been on a little bit of a run, so it's been fun. Speaking of being on the run, Miles Michael has said after the game, post game yesterday, if we can win ten or twelve games, maybe we don't have to say goodbye to some of our close friends. How real is it in that locker room in that clubhouse that guys know exactly what this team needs to do in order for guys to actually stay around? Well, I think it's pretty evident. Um, I, I think these guys have finally come to the conclusion that the only way they can save each other is to play for each other. And, you know, this, this is a pretty close-knit group of guys, and they, they don't want to see people move. I, I think they want to have a crack at this thing. Like, like I think everybody thought they would be good at the beginning of the year. It didn't work out. And now I think they're getting a second win, and, and who knows? You know, it, it's one of those things where I think you have to do business now before – obviously the trade deadline, but you know, this is a division that's still winnable. I mean, we've caught Milwaukee before and you know, while I, I respect them as a ball club, I think, you know, if the Cardinals are right, and I think it starts with pitching, if they're right, they can compete. I mean, they can win this thing. And I know I may sound like I'm losing my mind, but if you look at the schedule and you look at the teams they're facing, you take two out of three against everybody here down the stretch and maybe you sweep somebody before the All-Star break, you're right back in it. you got to get it in the single digits out of first place, and you got to get to 500. If you do those two things, then obviously you, you might have a seat at the table. Clay, do you think it was just a uh, – you talked about guys knowing that they need to play for one another and, and the kind of the fire being lit under them now. Do you think it was just something to start the season where they knew they had a talented team and they just didn't perform and it was just underperformance the entire time? Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a, it was a combination of things. I, I think the WBC had more of an impact on the Cardinals than we thought, um, and I think Houston can say the same thing. Uh, they, they just never meshed coming out of spring training. And they started to scramble. They started to press. One thing leads to another, and all of a sudden you find yourself in last place. Um, now I think the things have started to come together. They've dealt with some injuries. Uh, they've had some people come in that have surprised them as far as their play is concerned. And this is more reflective of what I thought the Cardinals were going to be the last few games that they played. Now you can say, well, it's the Washington Nationals. Yeah, but Washington can swing the bat a little bit. Their pitching is a little suspect, but they can swing the bat. They don't hit home runs, but they find a way to get on base and score. Uh, you look at Miami, I think one of the surprise teams in baseball. They can pitch a little bit. They've got a pretty good batting order as well. And, you know, if you beat those sort of teams, and then you go into Chicago and do some business there, you play them for four games, you get three out of four there, go to Arizona who's slip, slipping a little bit, maybe you get two out of three there, and then you come back home and take on the Cubs again. It's they have a shot. Now it's not as great of a shot as you'd like for it to be, but I think they still have a shot. Claves, we've been talking about some of the interesting things that were said yesterday with John Mozeliak addressing the media and Ali Marmal following up afterwards. One of the big takeaways that I had was the outfield situation, at least moving forward for the next few weeks as they approach, approach the trade deadline. What is your takeaway with the Dylan Carlson situation? How it seems like he's kind of fallen out of favor a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? He got a shot last night and was one of the best players on the field for the Cardinals. Uh, You know, he's always kind of been in that no-man's land role. I mean, you know, you have him in center, you put him in right. Uh, You know, he he was struggling at the plate. I think what Dylan Carlson is doing now is trying to fight through the wall and not worry about the noise around him and just go play. And I thought we saw it last night. Uh, Is he an odd man? I'm not sure. 
you know, I, I know we have some guys that they're going to showcase. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, if O'Neal comes back and Carlson, they're going to showcase these guys. And whoever they get the best offer for, uh, that'll be the person that'll move. And, you know, we're going to we're going to lose a good player somewhere along the way before the deadline is for sure. Hey, Mike, what's – and I, I know there is a difference, but the production is there for Jack Flaherty this month. What's the difference between the 2019 second-half Jack Flaherty and the Jack Flaherty that somebody will likely get by the trade deadline? Well, you know what, Randy? I think we're seeing more than 19 because he's pitching instead of thinking. You know, Jack is a very meticulous player, and I think sometimes he overthinks things as far as how fine he needs to be. Uh, I think, you know, the whole catching situation has been a little bit of a distraction. You know, you can even say the defensive alignment has not been where it needs to be. I mean, we have a lot of balls that are hitting the air uh, that aren't being caught. And, you know, if you look at some of the plays that have made, been made, you know, maybe if a guy was a few steps over or a few steps in, you know, maybe that'd be a difference maker. So I, I think with Jack, I think he just said, you know what, screw this. I'm going to just go out here and, and do what I do. And, uh, you know, he's a pitch-to-contact guy, but he can also get a strikeout. So he, he's a guy, I think, has just reduced uh, the distractions around him. And if he goes, he goes. I mean, I think he's prepared for that. You know, I, I was I was kidding him the other day. I said, you, you have your bag packed, you know, <laughs> because he, he's a guy that he's pitched so well. He's pitched well enough to get traded, but he's also pitched well enough to be re-signed. Right, right. Uh, Mike, the Cardinals have had myriad guys over the years that were relievers that wanted to start. Trevor Rosenthal comes to mind even when he was the closer. He wanted to start several other guys. And one of those people that we talked about when the Cardinals got him was Henesis Cabrera. Are you surprised that the Cardinals never sent him down to stretch out like they did with Zach Thompson earlier this season? I think the reason why they didn't is because they needed him in that role. I mean, we, we haven't had a we didn't have a real good quality lefty who could get people out. Um, until he rolled in. Now, he, he was inconsistent. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I really felt like because they didn't have a plan B, if they moved him into the rotation, uh, is it the reason why they kept him in the bullpen. And next year, I mean, he with his arm, Cabrera can help somebody out. He's only going to be 27 years old. I would think that he'll wind up on somebody's staff for 2024. I, yeah, somebody's going to kick the tires on him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's, he's got talent. I don't think anybody's questioning his talent. I think that in his situation, he wanted to be in one role, and the Cardinals felt he would be more effective in another role. Uh, they disagreed, and uh, as Mo said yesterday, he'll have a chance to go somewhere and, and do what he wants to do as far as what role he wants. Claves, you talked about um, the the fielding and hitters, uh, batter players not being in the right spot when balls are being hit. The Cardinals' starting rotation leads the league in uh, hits allowed. And we had a cut from Mo earlier talking about maybe they'll go more to pitchers that are swing to miss. How did it take this long for this team to realize that, A, they had guys out of place, and B, they needed to find pitchers that are more swing to miss than pitch to contact? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think they've known it. I think from the defensive standpoint, because of the injuries that you've had, like your best your, se- your gold glove second baseman might have been your best outfielder. Mm-hmm. And you moved so many people in and out of different positions that there was no real continuity. Um, you know, that was because of the fact you just you had injuries, you had people who weren't performing. And it, it, I think it really cost them. I, I think it really cost them down the road. Now, with regard to swing and miss, well, everybody likes swing and miss these days, okay? I mean, we'd all like to have that. Uh, but there's other ways to get people out. You know, you maybe one more ground ball pitchers. If you had this good defense you thought you had, 
so, you know, it just depends because I think we, we need to get back to finding pitchers instead of throwers. We're all enamored with somebody who can hit the gun at 100-plus miles an hour. But I'd rather have a guy who throws 96 or 94 with control. He can go up and down. Miles Michaels is a great example. When Miles Michaels is on, he's really hard to beat because he's a striker. When Jack Flaherty is on, Jack Flaherty doesn't throw 97 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But he can get you out with a 93-mile-an-hour breaking ball, or he can get you out with a fastball that's moving away from you. So, you know, we, we've got to get back into that. We, we, we have to get guys who can come in and dominate as far as making you miss the bat. Claves, what do we have right now on Claves Online? Well, we've got a, our lunch show with Joe Roger. We did that yesterday. Dr. Rick and Bob Ramsey have podcasts that are going to drop tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, I'll have a walk in the fairway with Nick Ragone. On Thursday, we'll also have uh, Good Nightingale, our chat, our weekly chat with Bob Nightingale, talking about what's going on around the game of baseball, including the Cardinals. It's a beautiful thing. Love hearing you on the broadcast. Love tuning in to the Claves Online. It's always good to hear your voice, sir. We'll dig you catch later. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Claves. Uh, Mike Clayboard with us, as he is every Tuesday here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a few more of your mic drops and texts in regards to what's going on with the Cardinals on the heels of John Mozeliak's media session yesterday as we head towards the trade deadline on August 1st. It's coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Yeah, we obviously were being patient, but you know, I, I could have been impatient a month ago. It's not going to change how the, the industry looks at, at the next two weeks. John Mozeliak, not wrong there. Trade deadline deals don't happen until the trade deadline. Who, who's making deals in April and May and June and the first part of July? It just doesn't happen in baseball. So you can try all you want, but other teams, especially teams that are not in the race, at least realistically, they think they are. And so that's a problem that you have at the trade deadline. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, great to have you with us. And I have been decidedly negative today. I think Goose Gossage would have, <laughs> would have called me a negative blanker blanker probably by this point in the show. The Cardinals did win last night. They knocked off the Miami Marlins by a score of 6-4. to four. And by the way, the Cardinals are no longer alone in last place in the Central. Uh Oh, tied for we say tied for fourth or tied for last? Oh, we're tied for fourth, baby. Okay, yeah, we're tied for fourth. Look at us. The not 2023 World Champion Pittsburgh Pirates ended fast. Yeah, that did not age well, did it? So, so let's be a little bit positive. We aren't the worst anymore. Um, not great. It is great. I, I don't, I don't know. You don't want to celebrate that. You have to celebrate the small victories, Brooke. You, you have to embrace the the small wins in life. This is a small. It's a step forward. It doesn't feel like you can't get to first unless you move up to fourth. How about this one? If you're not first, you're last. There you go. There's that. Cardinals are closing in on the Mets. Oh, there you go. The Mets have been really bad. I, I want to go back to something that you just said, which I think we all understand you can't make trades in April, May, or anything like that. But I just want to point out, when were a lot of these rules announced, and how long have they been talked oh, about? The, 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 shift there. the shift? Banning of the shift. Yes. Yeah, how long the, the has that been bases. talked about? How And when did that rule change happen? We knew about it because I asked Mo about it at last year's end-of-season press 
availability. Are you yes. sure? In October, yes. Are you and sure? And what did he say? I'm positive. And okay. he said, I asked what changes the Cardinals might make to their roster based on the rules changes. What did and he say? his response was, we aren't going to change anything. We're going to just wait and see what happens, and then we'll react. Is that a strategic Patience. mistake? Yes, it is. Yeah. What else is a strategic mistake? Also, maybe just getting Wilson Contreras during the offseason. Yeah. I know that there was a pursuit of other pitchers and so on, supposedly, yeah. and all that. But I'm saying is I, I think we all understand you can't make trades until you get closer to the trade mm-hmm. deadline. But you also have to acknowledge that there's maybe some missteps along the way, some strategic yes. mistakes 100%. along the way. It, I mean, it, definitely. You, if you're leading the league in hits allowed by your starting pitchers, mm-hmm. that means you are a, a pitch-to-contact staff, which is great when you can have three infielders on one side of the of, yeah. of second base. Yeah. <laughs> we know you're going to hit it there. Mm-hmm. Hit it to one of them, big guy. That's great. But now you're no longer allowed to do that. You still have the same pitching philosophy, and balls are finding gaps. They're finding holes. They're finding ways through the infield, and and your starting pitchers are getting knocked around yep. consistently. That that to me, I, I would feel like in in April, maybe May, something would have clicked and said, "Oh my, this is a problem." It's because we're not shifting. Well, we would normally patient, those would remember? normally be outs. And, they said patience well, and the World Baseball Classic, so they had things that they could point. I to. am so and, sick. Okay, yeah, and, and you do have an issue, by the way. Yeah, we know you do have an issue when Tommy Edmond is your best center fielder and your best second baseman. Because if you yes. want to, if you want to have maximized defense, and you're supposed to have a ground ball pitching staff. Then you yes. want DeYoung at short and Edmund at second. But they don't have that when Tommy Edmund is playing center field. Then all of a sudden you have Gorman at second base. And Gorman, as a second baseman, is a terrific hitter. But he's not going to be an elite second baseman. Then who's your DH? Well, your catcher? Yes. Then who's your catcher? Yvonne Herrera. Oh. There we go. Hey, let's, uh, okay. let's get a mic drop from Jimmy, who's here on 101 ESPN. Jimmy. Jimmy. Make it make sense. <laughs> we refuse to include Dylan Carlson in any talks for Juan Soto. He was the future. We weren't doing it. No way, no how. Now fast forward, and he's the odd man out. Fourth outfielder for an often injured Tyler O'Neill who's coming off the IL. Is this a showcase for O'Neill, or are we really giving up on Carlson when we could have potentially included him in the in anything for Juan Soto, but the answer was a very strong no at the time. Two things here. Number one, yeah. I believe, like Kerry does, that this is a showcase for yes. Tyler O'Neill. It was not going to be Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto, and I know that Jimmy wasn't <laughs> referring yeah. to that. But the Cardinals did not have what it took. They could not have matched what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto could not have matched unless they were willing uh, and uh, unless you were willing to go Jordan Walker Mason win unless you were willing to do that then it was not going to happen for the Cardinals and what's the point of even talking about it if you aren't going to make the deal why not tell the guys that you're not trading for Juan Soto so that you can at least give them peace of mind so that they can perform better because you were trying to win a division last year why not tell them to calm down that they aren't going anywhere uh, yeah, uh, the Dylan Carlson thing, I think one part that I will agree with him with, because it was more than just Dylan Carl- Carlson involved with that trade, but this is something that a lot of people are bringing up, is how quickly players fall out of favor 
And when mm-hmm. you ha- you go to him and you say you're not going to be involved in trade, we're going to you know trust in you, just go out there and play. And then now, fast forward to last night, where you have these trade rumors possibly tying <laughs> Dylan Carlson with the Yankees, and then you put you pair that with what was said about the outfield, and Dylan Carlson's kind of on the outside looking in. He had a great game last night. He was able to make the most of the opportunity, but you listen to him last night, and you could tell that he kind of feels frustrated. There's many writers out there with those quotes. He kind of feels frustrated with the position that he's in. He felt like maybe he wasn't able to get the most of some of his opportunities this season, and there wasn't a defined role. And he's not the only one that has kind of hinted towards that this season where they've been, you know, moved around so much. There's not a clear, consistent role, and it's hard to build off of that. And I don't think that's a coincidence that you've seen players kind of fall back, not just defensively, but in offensively as well. I think when you're looking at Dylan Carlson, you can he can be frustrated, but he has to take some of that blame as well. He got hurt. So when you get hurt, you put yourself in a position to not play. And it's unfortunate. It's part of the game. Unless Injuries. you're Tyler O'Neill, then well, you Well, even with Tyler O'Neill, he's only coming back. Yeah. He's gonna be here for two weeks, I think, at most, and then he'll be out of here. That's just my personal opinion. With Dylan Carlson, I think there are only a few people that have real gripes with how their season played out. I think Jordan Walker is one. I think Wilson Contreras is another one. Maybe Genesis Cabrera could have that gripe because he wasn't given an opportunity to start, even though they had multiple starters go down and moved from the starter rotation to the bullpen. You brought up Libertor. You gave Dakota Hudson a chance, and Cabrera didn't get that chance. So maybe that's where his frustration lies. But all in all, you got guys that are just – filling in holes that were created by injuries and guys not p- performing at their best. And if you're the Cardinals, you let Carlson play with a bad wrist last year for about 43 games after the trade deadline. And now he's played 58 games this year. 103 games he's played since last year's trade deadline, but half of those with a bad wrist. Is that the way to judge a, a 24-year-old player's long-term future? I don't think so. I, I agree with you, and that's also on the player because – You know, fans get upset when players don't play hurt or when they don't battle through or fight through. But there are some injuries that you physically cannot be your best self. So you're not helping the team. You're definitely not helping yourself when you're playing injured and you can't swing a bat at the the way you were accustomed to doing it. Whatever the, the injury is. If it's too bad, you can't play. But it also is a it's a hard thing for you because while you're missing out on playing those games, someone else is. Mm-hmm. They are getting the opportunity that you are missing. So it's 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 you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You have to figure out a way to stay healthy and then play your best when you are healthy. Let's get Janet our final mic drop of the day here on one one ESPN. I heard well say like talking, but the only thing I never heard him say was it's my fault, and uh, maybe sometimes it would be nice to hear him admit that he screwed up. Can't disagree with that, and we have the polar opposite here in town in Doug Armstrong, who does take accountability and blame, and I, I think Mo, to an extent, I mean, we all know whose fault it is, and I think Mo has, uh, I get that you haven't heard it, Janet, and by the way, thank you very much for listening and, and for the mic drop, but I, I would like Mo to just come out and say sometime, hey, this is on me. Take now, accountability. He did with the Martin Kilcoin interview. He, he said the coaches haven't done anything wrong. Ollie and the coaches haven't done anything wrong. We gave them the players. To me, that is taking accountability, even though he didn't say it's my fault. No, it's not. It, it's it's 
uh, assuming that people will assume that you took responsibility. When you take accountability for something, you say, I didn't do this correctly. I could have been better. I should have gotten us better players. Our coaches are outstanding. They have done everything that we have asked them to do. It has not worked out well because we didn't bring in the right people for them to have that success. Can I can I give you one more before we break? Yes. There's a texter from the 314, and, and I know we're frustrated, Dylan Carlson, possibly to the Yankees. This person said, I'm looking forward to the Yankees trade. I think Aaron Judge could be the catcher or second baseman the cards oh have been looking God. for. <laughs> Problem solved. Yes. All right, there we go. Yeah. Put that man at second base. All things are right with the world. You know You're what? Good I'll, to go. I'll even throw Kisner in on that. There you go. If they want him. Yeah. If they yeah, want you him. can let him play catcher yeah. and Wilson can be your DH. Yep. Hey, Mac, I mean, Skip Schumacher moved from the outfield to second base, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Hey, man, he, he did. It can work. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Craig Biggio, right? Yeah. So. Uh, hey, kids, you know what? We've got Loverboy tickets to give away in our next segment. That's right. Your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Foreigner with special guest Loverboy tomorrow night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for this historic farewell tour are on sale now, and you can text in to win free tickets to see Foreigner and Loverboy. Now, you can get all the details at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app, but the best thing to do is just to text in now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO! And uh, Matthew, do you have a great question for us today? I have a question. Might not be a great one. Okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. No, because <laughs> I, I want to make sure that the person who's going to this concert, someone who's a loyal listener, so they, I need them to, to go back to the very beginning of the show okay. and answer me this question about what was easily our biggest topic of the day, oh. Randy Carricker. Okay. Who won the NBA Summer League? Oh, <laughs> oh. good question. Uh, let's take... Texter number 23. Yes. 100%. 23. Oh, my God. Coming your way on 101 ESPN to win those tickets. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Got a balloon party coming up at the top of the hour with T Mac and Age Expert right now, Matthew Rocchio and Rock and Roll. By the way, do we have a winner yet for our fabulous Foreigner and Lover Boy giveaway for the concert tomorrow? Uh, yes, we've hit call number 23 with the correct answer. We're informing them now, so I'm going to get you a name hopefully by the end of the segment. And I will give you the answer that it is the Cleveland Cavaliers that hammered the Houston Rockets in the NBA Summer League Championship game last night. So, congratulations to the Cavs. Uh, 99-78, they knocked off the Houston Rockets. When you All said right. he, when you said 23, I had thought Chicago Bulls. I was Michael Jordan. Uh, well, we were going with the uh, the 23 with Well, he's Cleveland. number six. Well, here's the Not thing. He's number six. Here's he's the thing, Kerry Davis. Here's the thing. LeBron Wait. James is not retiring and he's wearing 23 next year. Well, he, he said he was going to retire the 23 because everyone should retire the 23 for Michael Jordan. Well, what? the what? league decided, you know what, we're going to retire number six instead. Because oh. of Bill Russell, and LeBron has to respect that. Oh. And so he switches to 23. It has nothing to do with get him getting his name out in front of and on ESPN one more time in the offseason. It has you, nothing to do with that. Do you think it has something to do with the jersey sales? Wait, what? Well. No, because the no the NBA has a rule. When you switch numbers, you have to buy back all of the jerseys that still have your number on it. So I I don't think they're gonna I, they're gonna make okay. LeBron pay millions of dollars <laughs> to switch his number. I, I don't, he I don't wouldn't do so. that, Kerry. No, I don't I don't think that. The NHL. I mean, the NBA is gonna stick to all their rules, right? Sure. Mm. There's gonna be a lot of yeah. 23 jerseys. 
just flying off the off the rack, huh? Yeah, <laughs> more, again, more, yeah. more sale. He, I, I will give him. <laughs> I would respect it more though if you just told me what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't play with my intelligence. I, I get it, man. It's a money thing. You, you, you're gonna make money off of jersey sales. You're gonna have the top selling jersey because you keep switching your damn number. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he 23 with the <laughs> Lakers at one point? He was 23 the first year, and then he man. went to six because. How many, years has he been in, how many years he, has he been? How many years he wanted AD to be number twenty three? No, that was how many years has he been in LA? This is going on five. Four or five. This is five. So he's changed five. numbers three different times. Yeah, but then they wouldn't allow AD to wear twenty three. Oh, excuse me, sorry. This will this will be number. This will be year number um, six in a Lakers uniform. Wow. So every other year he's changed his number. Is that what we commitment to what we come to? Yeah. Yeah, he wore twenty three for nine for two the first two years, and then he wore and six then he switched three to six years. back for for AD when AD came over uh, for LeBron James. But AD, didn't AD pick? He wasn't number He's three. Two. He picked three. Yeah, he, he, he they wouldn't let him wear twenty three. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. But I think what happened? No, I think what happened was that second year that LeBron was there when they got AD, uh, they wouldn't l- allow LeBron to change that quickly. Oh, that's what it was. But now, so, he's been there for a few years, okay. so now you can change. Yep. Make, so make what do we change. got here? <laughs> what do we got on rock and roll? One other thing I, I had, um, it just came out. Rory McIlroy, uh, obviously, he, he's feeling it right now. He says that this is the closest he's felt to winning a major in the last nine years. He feel like he's going to do it. He's plus 700 to win the Open, Randy. That's the second highest uh, number out there. And the reason I'm saying that is because John Rahm's at plus 1,200. Brooks Kepka's at plus 1,800. Mm. Are you rolling with Rory's confidence, or do you like maybe a guy like Brooks with uh, double the odds? I am going to go with Rory. The last time the Open was played at Royal Liverpool, Uh 2014, he won there. He's red hot, rallied to win the Scottish Open last week. So I'm going to go with Rory to win here. I need to get in a pool. Plus 1,800 for Brooks. I'm I'm taking Brooks on that. You're going to take Brooks on that? When it's over double the odds from Rory. I'll, I'll take Brooks Kepka. I mean, the guy, he locks in for majors. We know how he does it. This is the, this is his M.O. I got to get in a pool. You going to play some, play some money on that? I got a, I got a little trip. I got to be on a bridge at some point soon. <laughs> yeah. Me and a bridge have an appointment soon. Yeah, cross yeah, one of those bridges. Go, you know, drive right over it. And turn right back around. Turn right back around. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> and also, Imagine just, if you could do that also, in this state. I just want to say, say a, a thank you as well to, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, thank you to Shohei Otani, because after you bat flip like that, mm. as someone who is a pitcher, the argument's done. The, the the bat flip argument is now done. It's it's locked away. You can bat flip to your, to your, to your heart's content, because if a pitcher can toss it 30 feet in the air, no reason a hitter can't do it. That's exactly. Shoei, Thank you, Shohei Otani, for completely ending that debate for me. God bless you. That was this, one of the sweetest bad flips I've ever seen. The awesome. man just does not stop doing things that are great for baseball, I bottom just, line. I, it, it would be amazing if he would ever – I, I know it's never going to happen, but I – Come to St. Louis? Oh, my God. I told you guys, I would get a tattoo of Shohei Otani of him as a unicorn if he came to St. Louis. Well, we definitely need him here then. (laughs) I will will love – that That would be awesome. His face as a unicorn. Wait, that's a good. That's a good point. Like, how how would I construct this tattoo? He, he's got to be a, a, a so his a face on a head. unicorn. Yeah, yeah, with the like a what do they call that? Um, that mythical creature. Yeah. A unicorn. Um, 
No, but I'm saying where it's a human body on like a oh, horse. A centaur. Or centaur? No, no, human head on yeah, it. Yes. Yes. Centaur. Centaur. yes. That's what uh, A-Rod has had above his bed in his room, a painting. of a what? Uh, And he was the head of the you horse. You saw that personally? Well, I saw the photo of it. Oh. Yeah. Did you get a little gift basket? Yeah. No, that was Jeter, that wasn't was Jeter. it? Yeah. Todd loves him some A-Rod, though. Uh, Matthew, great job today. Pleasure. That's our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Uh, Brooke, did you have fun today? I did. As long as you're having fun, that's what it's all about. Yes. This is still kind of Brookapalooza, even though your birthday was like two weeks ago. It still is. <laughs> I think yeah. we're past it. Oh, we're past yeah. it. Yeah. Somebody birthday. else has a birthday. Yeah, yeah. birthday. Yeah. The next week? This coming week? Uh, and then you're Sunday, yeah. yeah. Oh. You're right after that. You're a couple I'm weeks in August. after that. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Leo. Are we all July? cancers? Oh, you're... I'm a Leo. I'm okay. technically a Leo. It's the first or second day. Good. Wow. See, Leos. There you go. Uh, CD, great job, as always. Hot bears. Yeah, you do. And, hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Heck, and we thank you for uh, watching on the old YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, you can find us all the time, all day long at 101 ESPN STL on YouTube. For all of us, we're going to have a balloon party coming up with T-Mac and Ajax. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.